3: for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Low bounces it left side and through base hit. Here comes Simeon. The throw on the way. It's offline. And the Rangers win it.
4: Let's get nasty on a Tuesday. It's the lane on 101
5: ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Brad Thompson, BT's with us for the Cardinals Power Hour. And unfortunately, Brad, I feel like, uh, wow, well, we've talked to you a lot when the Cardinals have lost Power. or are losing That's or funny. things are just not going well.
6: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like this to where... You branch off to your own rival league get paid a whole bunch of money then you just get to come back home like nothing ever happened and not only that the other league is going to run your league now yeah
5: (laughs) yeah they this is uh this is not fun at all and i don't know i'm sure you you've done the same thing where you've you've worked with people not not worked but people come up to you and they They want to blame a certain person or a certain aspect of the game and i i'm to the point brad where i just don't know what facet of the game they're going to lose by and last night just happened to be the base running so you know if you had that on your bingo card last night then congratulations you won mixed in with a little bullpen issue as well brad what the hell happened on the on the play where nolan gorman tommy edmund and nolan Aronado got bunched up there obviously a a big base running miscue you're watching it live you know what ollie and the coaching staff are teaching them on that what what happened
1: He ran hard, and Nolan explained it so well after the game. And, and guys, there are times that there are just base-running anomalies. There are just weird plays in the game, and I think that that was one of them there. Uh, But he said, look, I saw it, him off the fence. I figured everybody was going to be going. I had my head down and running. But everybody that's played Little League baseball, or you've played high school, or you've played collegiately, or you've played in college, and you thought you were a shortstop, and somebody (laughs) told you you were a second (laughs) baseman. like, it doesn't matter what your level of play is. You learn it, Yeah. Of course, you learn to watch the guy in front of you, right? Uh, so I, I think that it, it was one where there were some mistakes on both ends, but really uh, I feel like it starts with Gorman in the middle. If Gorman was where he was supposed to be in the beginning. I believe both those guys score. But at the end of the day, that's, that's kind of where we are in the season, isn't it, guys? Yeah. Where a, a little blunder like that ends up being a big talking point after a game. If this team was playing the sort of baseball that we've all expected them to play, it would be a coachable moment. It'd be like, hey, Gorman got to do this. Nolan, you know better. Or a pop-up that Nolan normally gets isn't a big thing because you scored enough runs, you know. It's just so many things have blown up right now and the Cardinals have lost games in so many different ways that it is truly maddening and they're angry about it in the room. Everybody's upset about it. The problem is nobody knows how exactly to fix it.
6: So that's kind of where I want to go with it. You know, great job, by the way, breaking down yeah, that situation. We had had a similar discussion in the office and it's, it's kind of a screwy play, but going back to what you just said is like nobody really knows. How do you approach this as a team? Never mind Ollie Marmel because, you know, Ollie's got his hands full with everything that's going on, but as the players in that clubhouse how do you approach this right now because you're literally finding ways to lose at this point
1: well jamie you know this you've been on very good teams and you've been on teams that are struggling as soon as you get in that mindset of like we're a bad team then you just go downhill like you truly have to believe the record is bs we're a way better ball club and you have to keep putting in the work like you cannot get sunken down by the man we just keep doing this we just keep figuring out a way to lose cuz all of a sudden you do that and then you become complacent and then it becomes expected that you're going to lose ball games like that so like their job is right now your roster is what your roster is nobody is seemingly coming to save the day i know dylan carlson's heading out on a rehab that's going to be nice you don't have an outfield okay that like that is a bit of an issue currently you don't have an outfield you don't have uh, uh offense from uh your free agent that you paid to hit like that that ends up being a thing too Contreras is going through his struggles so you got like four spots in the lineup that are a bit of a question mark right now yeah but to to a man you have to just keep putting in the work and believing it's going to change and uh I, I don't know how to like correlate this to a normal job where you just go in there and you're doing your job and the results aren't aren't there but you have to know the work that you've put in in the past is going to pay off. And maybe, you know, to an individual standpoint, maybe you're going back and looking at some at-bats and really believing that you've had some tough luck, or or maybe there are even some times where you look up and say, man, maybe we need to play the scoreboard a little bit more. Like there are times during the game, it's like, hey, I need a ground ball to the right side, or I need to really work on making this a, 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 an at-bat where I put the ball in play and get the guy over. I think that there are some, some selfless things that can do that that can be done for the team but i i, I don't see this team necessarily taking selfish at bats i'm not seeing these guys come out of their shoes all the time i just don't see things happening and clicking the way that they expected them to click
5: BT uh, as, as you know there's a lot of there's a lot of anger when it comes to the, the Cardinals because you got a passionate fan base that expects this team to win each and every year For so sure. there winds up being the, the boiling point of okay well everything falls on one of two things the manager or and or the front office uh, what can you share with us when it comes to the fundamentals of managing because there's a lot that there's been defensive miscues this year, last night was a base running gaff. And and I'm using fundamentals as a catch-all for like everything outside of pitching and hitting, right? So when it comes to a big league season, how much is done on a day-to-day basis when it comes to the fundamentals and that the, the coaching points. We know it's done in spring training when everybody shows up, but you're former big league player, even though you're a pitcher, you you know what the position players do too. So from a defense and base running standpoint, does it only happen when something like that happens last night? Is it is it routine based? How much of the fundamentals are practiced each day?
1: No, there, there's something every day. Like even during batting practice, from a uh, from a base running standpoint, you have guys that are out there taking their live reps. Like they'll go out and you'll be at first. You'll take jumps off the bat. You'll do the same thing from second base. You'll work on that. But when when you have an issue like happened yesterday, that's a big coaching point, and it will be talked about. And I know it was already talked about before Gorman had spoken to the media. Like he he knew. What happened he already he knew it from his personal experience, but I know he had a coach in his ear afterwards saying hey here's what has to happen in a situation like this so the the coaching of the fundamentals, whether it be defensively and and uh, communication on balls we've seen a couple of balls drop into that Bermuda triangle there was one it uh, c- can't happen early in the ball game yesterday that drops between Paul DeYoung and uh, and Nolan Arenado. and I thought uh, Jim Edmonds broke that down really well on the ball game talking about Paul DeYoung, that's his ball, and you can't be afraid of a platinum glover being upset because you call him off. Like yeah. you've got to be confident. Like you have to have confidence in everything, and maybe that comes back to Jamie's question—the larger point of like how you handle this as a team and how do you get out of a funk like this. You have to be confident, and you have to be confident to the point where you walk out on the field and everybody look, the other team looks at the scoreboard like. Don't these dudes have 25 wins? How the hell are they walking out here like they own the place? But yeah. like you really have to have some of that uh, to, to get back to where you need to be. But yeah, the, the fundamentals are hit on. You're working on defensive stuff. You're working on hitting the cutoff, man, all of those things. And when things do pop up, if you see a trend uh, during the season, then you're quick to fix it. But the base running one is an interesting one because you look at uh, from a year ago to now, the Cardinals aren't taking the extra base as much. I mean, they're, they're down about 10% there. They're not going first to third as much as we've seen them. Now, again, they're not getting as many opportunities because not getting as many hits as you'd like in situations like that. And they're not scoring from uh, second on a single as much as they did. They were first in baseball in that last year. Right now, they're 27th. But it still comes down to like hitting the ball and getting these jumps and having the opportunities.
5: That's Brad Thompson. He's joining us for our Cardinals Power Hour here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Staltzer, 214. Your time check is brought to you by Clerks & Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Well, even after the base running mistake, and it certainly was a huge one because the Cardinals didn't take the lead at that point. They, they tied it. They did tie it, though. And unfortunately, in the ninth inning, we saw another – Issue with the bullpen this time. It's Hennessy Cabrera who gives up the game winning run as the Rangers beat the Cardinals four to three. Let's get into some of the bullpen issues now with uh, our guy Brad Thompson next in the Fast Lane on 101
3: ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
2: The I
4: mean, it's hit a little bit further the other way. He's out of that inning. So, uh,
2: end of the day, guy did his job. That's last hit.
5: That's Cardinals manager Ollie Marmel following last night's loss to the Rangers 4-3 as Texas walks it off. Nathaniel Lowe singles to left field, and Marcus Simeon scores the game winner. Last night was Hennessy's Cabrera. Last night was Hennessy's Cabrera. The night before or two well, a couple of games ago, not the night before, but a couple of games ago, it was Giovanni Gallegos. We've seen Ryan Helsley have some issues as well when it comes to to saves. Brad, I know that you're not trying to blow games. You're not trying you're not trying to give up runs in that spot. You're trying to close things down. Or in Cabrera's, you know, his opportunity last night was just to get you into extra innings. You're not trying to do it as a reliever. But when you start to have Issues closing out games, and the Cardinals have had that at times this year. Are there any changes that can be made, or is it just uh, hang with them and continue to do what you're doing? Because these guys did it all last year.
1: Yeah, I don't see what you don't really have any change available in the organization right now. It's not like you have some guy beating down the door, and like you got some arms that are intriguing. We got a, a sneak peek at Guillermo Zuniga. I don't think that he's just going to come in and start locking down the door for you. Um, you know, you have, uh, Walsh down there, Jake Walsh, hard throwing right-hander, but like, I don't think that anything is just banging down the door of a, here's another savior in your bullpen. So I do think that you have to kind of stick with what you have for now. It will be another area though, guys, you, you're going to have to add at the de- deadline if hopefully you're in a place where you can add at the deadline but you're going to need to add to that bullpen because another veteran arm another guy that can shut down a game would be nice and to your point like the the talking about the blown saves the Cardinals have had 13 of them 13 blown saves that's a ton of blown saves they've got a 50% save percentage out of 30 teams in baseball you know where the 50% save percentage guys you like guessing games where do you think that is out of the 30 teams in baseball
7: 20
5: 30th no, 29th. Wow. I'm going to go 29th. I'll go 27. You son of a.
1: I mean, guys, it's bad, but it's not. No, 29th is absolutely okay. it. The A's are the only but... team with it's the worst save percentage. Wow. That's just because they haven't won a game yet. Uh, but. <laughs> Basically. They actually
5: won like thirteen of them. I know,
1: I know. Wow, they're they're right right on our heels, yeah, they are. It's honestly can't make fun of anybody at this point when you have the worst record in the National League. Like, Very isn't true. that astonishing to say? It's also astonishing to say that you are trying to catch up your eight games behind the Pirates. Like, try to get that one out. I was doing a podcast <laughs> when I got back uh, home last night after doing the post game show, and uh, I'm sitting there, I'm like, and I'm looking at the standings, and I almost say, you know, you're eight games behind the. Br- the the, the the pirates, <laughs> the blanket pirates. Okay. And with all due respect against the pirates um, who just Derek swept Young, you, unfortunately, yes I, I, exactly. Okay. Okay. Can't say anything about anybody, but Derek Shelton is doing a good job with that team. Uh, they're pitching really, really well. That is not a team that's ready to win this division. Like they're just not, they're not built for it. But how do you say that when you have a team that's eight games behind them uh, that is chasing them down I just feel like this is going to be – it already has been one of the weirdest seasons, but it's been one of the most frustrating seasons to date. Uh, I got a feeling that it's going to get even weirder down the stretch because nobody in this division right now is built to win it. Nobody is. No, who knows what the Brewers are going to do come deadline time? You know that everybody's going to be and Oh, we gonna know. Burns, for Burns is going to be a Dodger. Oh, fine. Great. S- send him off somewhere else. And, uh, Willie Adamas, maybe he ends up going somewhere. The Pirates, there's a good chance that maybe they, you know, go down a little bit uh, like they did in most of last month. They had the great April. May was not a good month for them. Like, there's a good chance that some of these things happen. Is as maddening as it is. And I understand, now I'm sure you'll get plenty of texts in. I don't have the text lineup, but I'm sure you get plenty of those uh, that are saying, who cares? It's a bad division. It doesn't matter. You're going to have a chance to win that division. But then what tweaks do you make that you make your team? an actual contender in the postseason. You're not a contender no matter what, guys, if you don't bang. This team's got to hit. So Goldie and Arenado got to do Goldie and Arenado things. Gorman's got to continue doing what he's done. I'm so excited for that young man, the the way that he's been able to go about it. Uh, Contreras better pick it up. That's going to have to happen because you can't afford to have him having the offensive season that he's having right now. It takes time. It does take time. I talked about this a little bit last night. You don't have to look much further than right across the diamond right now when you're watching the Rangers. They spent $800 million, guys, in the last two years. $800 million in free agency. And a big chunk of that was two years ago in Seager and Simeon. And those guys did not have good years last year. What are they doing now? They're tearing it up. A year into their new place, they're comfortable, they're good to go. I can't wait a year, necessarily. The Cardinals can't wait a year for Contreras to, to pick it up. But you realize that it's not the easiest thing, spending a whole career somewhere else and then being looked to to be a big-time contributor somewhere else. But, boy, they need him to be in. They need him to be quickly.
5: What do you think has contributed to the, the offense dipping now? Is it, just, is it just a matter of, okay, it's just the roller coaster of a season? I had mentioned to Jamie, and Jamie looked at me, and he wanted to punch me. He hated, told me he hated me. But I said the offense is feast or famine a couple of weeks ago. I think when, they, I think when they're rolling – it, it's a complete dismantling of the opponent's pitching staff. I mean, it's 10-plus runs that they could put on the board in a given night. When it's bad, it's, it's looked like it has over the last week now.
1: Well, what I think it is right now is – the obvious answer is just lack of consistency, but the lack of consistency is due to the fact that you don't have an outfield. Like you don't have you don't have three guys out there that you expected to be out there. We all talked about the bets that the Cardinals made at the beginning of the season. They made the bet on Tyler O'Neill that he'd look like the guy in twenty twenty one. He looks like the guy of last year that was hurt. Um, Dylan Carlson, you made the bet that he was going to be able to take that next step forward. Unfortunately, he hurt the ankle after he was solidifying things in center field. Lars Newpar. I think uh, that Lars started out this season uh, as an international sensation, and I don't think that was the best thing for him. I really feel like there was a lot of pressure, a lot of media a lot, being pulled in so many different directions. and Then finally, recently, he figured it out, and he was able to co- compartmentalize some of that stuff and then he ends up getting hurt, jumping for the ball, and, and you're, you're trying to reset all of these things again. I think that that's the the maddening part is the consistency from a personnel standpoint because as much as you want to lean on three guys in the middle, and they largely have in Goldie Arenado and Gorman to this point, not even Contreras, but Gorman, uh, you need – you need a lineup. You need mm-hmm. nine guys that can go out there and do it day in and day out. So the consistency from a personnel standpoint, I think, has been one of the biggest issues. But when you go back and look at the numbers, there's still a top 10 offense in all of baseball in basically every category. But the maddening part is
6: it just doesn't happen when you need it.
5: Right. Well, the runners in scoring position is the, the highlight there. You know, the that, so, okay, yeah, but even
6: their numbers at runners in scoring position, when you dive into the actual numbers, mm-hmm. they're not bad.
1: Let's do so let's do a fun with numbers. Jamie, it seems like you've been diving in this pool a little bit and I, maybe I, not swimming into the sidewall.
6: I when, dipped my head into the pool. Boy, you're Where? two
5: for two with shots at me today.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Funny though. Oh I got it to you. Really Funny. quick, b- before I take any more shots at you guys, congratulations Thank on kicking the crap out of
6: the riz show. i Thank you to start with that. Thank you. They're,
5: they're still claiming that we cheated, of course, but
6: uh, whatever. How this time? Oh, how? well, they said that Didn- they, they had more home runs that Randy didn't count and then Randy subtracted home runs, which is hilarious. It's just...
5: We we also didn't play the lightning round, so we uh, I'm not claiming victory yet, but... It- at any point, we can go to any field and let's just let's just wrap this thing. Yeah, up. we're
1: up by four already. So I want blood at this point. Hold on, you didn't play. You didn't play the lightning round. Oh, Anthony? BT, what? it's somebody, a long somebody, story. Did get hurt or something? What happened,
5: <sighs> yeah, uh, Brad? You know the? Do you remember the Jason Kendall injury where he's coming around oh, third? And, that was gruesome. Yeah, With the bone mm-hmm. just psh, yep. popped out. Uh, the the bone stayed in for our guy Dylan, but Good the foot him. still sideways. Unfortunately, oh, after uh, Dylan. he did the, the what do you call that? marsh knocker ball
1: oh i love those
5: yeah it's knocker balls yeah so yep. they knocked their balls together brad yeah. and then um, he got up dylan mm, got up and mm, ran
4: in shallow center and usually. shattered just absolutely yeah.
5: shattered his ankle yeah mm-hmm. so we didn't play the lightning round so technically we 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 didn't win yet
1: like yeah. talk about a blown save for dylan
5: yeah yeah dylan. i hope he's
1: okay by the way
5: uh, he broke his ankle in two two places but he said he's doing okay kid was a plant to keep us from progressing that's rife that was Rafe. he said it was, utter we, disrespect yeah we planted dylan with the broken ankle mm-hmm. and called him trick
4: ankle trick ankle he called him
1: that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah anyways all right back to congratulations i'm still you guys won all right, let's, let's all be honest here. thank you did rock hit any by the way did rock hit oh,
5: yeah, six he, he left had it all out there he, on the field he Brad. did yeah How Literally. did Andy do uh, Randy MC'd.
1: Okay. I yeah. thought he was dropping bombs out there.
5: Well, he was just with a microphone.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, the MC
0: is a homer.
5: Yeah. Well, there again. go. Moon, Moon again. That was, they had a list of grievances. Yeah.
1: Look, uh, in, in fairness, the last few years, they have hosted, they have been the MC, you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean. Give and take, you know. There's, right. There's a home and an away team.
6: I mean, come on. That's a good That's point, smart. Brad. Yeah.
1: All right, real quick, back to the uh, back to the runners in scoring position. Is Jamie? I feel like you've already done some dipping into this one. Anthony, out of thirty teams, where do you think the Cardinals are in risk this year? Average with risk.
5: Fourteenth. Second.
6: Seventh. Seven. Seventh. Seven's, seven's number. number. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Seven. Oh, yeah, they're 7th you so, You're right, Brad. But it, but it. it <laughs> Are you you looking at something? Yeah, I was pulling it up from the notes I had earlier.
1: But none of it – that's the maddening thing about (laughs) baseball, by the way, is like I dug in – I was going to do a podcast uh, yesterday before the game, and I Mm. did – I had a bunch of numbers. And then, you know, life happens, and I didn't do it. And then after the game, all my numbers are blown up because – another day of baseball. Yeah. Uh, the numbers change quickly, but seventh on the season with runners in scoring position. Wow. But that's the thing, right? You go back and look at all these numbers, whether it's your, your seventh in risk, your 10th in runs per game, your fifth in home runs, your seventh in extra base hits. You don't strike out much. You walk a lot. None of it matters if you don't win games. And they know that, uh, we know that as a fan base, but like those numbers, those are the things that, from a personal standpoint, that you have to take solace in because you have to believe that your process is going in the right direction.
5: That's Brad Thompson, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Salter. Right, let's get into Adam Wainwright's performance last night. wayno one bad inning certainly, and it's one that he, you know, he'd like to have back. But did we see some improvement last night out of Wainwright? That's next on One That's One
7: ESPN.
0: Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills. So celebrate summer with a new big green egg, Weber gas, or charcoal grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
3: Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I
4: feel like I was just too much at the thigh early, and then I made some adjustments and moved around a little bit out there, and and uh, was able to keep them off balance after after the third. But the third through the first three innings, they were they were uh, scrounging good at bats and and uh, putting balls, you know in holes and and but i was just too too geared at the thigh you know you, you got to be down or up in this game you can't be pitching at the thigh and and um, that's where the runs came tonight you know they had the one run the one inning where they scored three runs and we kept zeros on the board after that so the worst part about it was the three spot right after we scored too you know so we want to get a shutdown there but it just didn't happen but i thought we still were going to win that game
2: and we almost did
5: that was Adam Wainwright following last night's loss to the Rangers with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter, our guy Brad Thompson, Valley Sports Midwest, joining us for the Cardinals Power Hour. Let's get to that to Adam Wainwright's outing last night. So outside of the one inning, he he pitched he pitched decent in that no decision last night. He's Brad, he has said that he's going to, he's turning things around. He feels, he feels good. He's trusting the process. That's what he's been saying in, in recent interviews done either right here on 101 ESPN. He's on the opening drive every, every Wednesday, uh, or to assembled media before and after games. When you're watching Adam pitch, does it look like he's starting to round into form? I mean, that's a pretty good offense that he held somewhat in check last night outside of the second inning.
1: Yeah, Adam did his job last night. Adam gave you an opportunity to win that ball game. He stopped the bleeding early, made some adjustments. You saw after that second inning, he really bared down. You heard him talk about it there. He kind of got pissed off out there and really started getting in on some of those Rangers hitters, executed some pitches. So uh, I, I think, you know, look, five and a third, he scattered eight hits. Six of those eight hits were in the first two innings and settled in. I thought that he looked better. Like, I don't know exactly. And I think that we talked about this last week. I don't know exactly what rounding into form is for Adam Wainwright at this point. Uh, We we continue to look at Adam Wainwright through the prism of his nearly two-decade career. Adam Wainwright should be looked at as a guy at the back end of your rotation. I mean, that's kind of just where where he's at at this point, and others have to step up near the front end. I never would expect Adam to look at himself that way. Yeah. I would never expect Adam to go out there and be like, well, if I give you five, that's going to be enough for me. B.S. Like, he wants to go out there and give you nine every single time. But realistically, if Adam Wainwright at this point in his career gives you five innings, five-plus, and gives you three or less earned runs, he did his job. Like He he went out there and gave you a chance. So I like what I saw from Adam. I do think, per our last conversation on Adam, uh, where he got hurt in the World Baseball Classic, you end up missing some time. I think that he's progressing nicely. But this rotation is going to be, like, the the success of this rotation is going to be far more than Adam Wainwright rounding into whatever quote-unquote form is. You know what I mean? Yeah
5: guys when i was looking at the starting pitching like the last two times through the rotation from an era standpoint it actually it's actually been pretty good been since great. yeah since the last night so in the last nine games again about two starts for for each guy 2.98 era that's i'll a, take that that's the third lowest in baseball 14th in innings pitched with 51 and a third so slightly better than average when it comes to the innings over that span first in walks per nine and first in home runs allowed per nine strikeouts are 26 but this isn't a, stri- a high strikeout rotation and as it is so there's that's not that's not surprising so the last two times through so my question for you guys is do you feel more confident in this starting rotation or do you factor in that you know they did face a cleveland team that isn't hitting the ball well kansas city was a part of that and I think maybe Cincinnati, and Cincinnati can bang a little bit. So you know, I don't, I don't want to. I mean, they're not great, but you did face them at Great American Small Park, so I guess that factors True. in a little bit. Uh, but you guys, are you guys more confident right now in this pitching staff? I am the starters.
6: I am right now. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't care what team you bring up as far as their success against a well, lesser team. They're in last place in the National League, and the pitchers were getting hit all over the ballpark to start the season. So when I look at the quality of pitching that they've had in this last span of games, what, 9, 10 games, mm-hmm. uh, I'm i I'm very happy. It, it, but the the question or the concern I have it, is it nothing has seemed to align properly together all season long. It did for a short period of time because at one point they looked like the best team in baseball there not too long ago, putting up crooked numbers all over the place and just beating the snot out of everybody. But the rotation was a problem at the beginning. Now they've got, you know, I wouldn't say bullpen issues, but the bullpen has cost them a couple of games here recently, and the offense has kind of dried up from time to time. If this team—and that's a big if—if if this team could get consistent performances in all areas of their their team, like then they're then they're a first place team. But as far as the rotation goes, isolating that question, I feel fine about that right now.
1: Yeah. And Jamie, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. This is the thing right now. You, you're seeing parts of this team succeed in parts of the season where other parts are not like now it's a rotation last 10 times around a 2.62 ERA, your last 10 starts. That's great. That's really good. And you're not winning a bunch of those games because you're not putting up any numbers offensively top to bottom. You're just not getting it done. That has been the head scratcher of the year as is why can these things not click at the same time? So there's not really, I don't know if there's an answer for that. I really don't think that there is. It's just stick with the process and believe that something better is going to happen for you. But from your starting pitcher standpoint, it would be naive not to to put in who you're playing against and who you're pitching against. I think it's a good point, Anthony. But just watching it and watching the way the ball is coming out of the hand of some of these guys and looking at some of the in-game adjustments that they've made, and I'm really looking forward to watching tonight's ball game. This is going to be one hell of a challenge for Matthew Libertor against the Rangers offense that's arguably the best in baseball, how he handles that. I think it has been promising, and I think that Libertor's spot in the rotation is a really interesting one. As we all know, Stephen Matz is trying to work his way back out of the bullpen but to do that he's going to work his way into bigger and bigger roles in the pen and then hopefully for him back into the rotation uh i I think it's interesting but yes that group has gotten the job done now you got to nail down some of these tight games i think that we're starting to get to the point where you lose so many of these one-run games and the cardinals have played 20 one-run ball games this year they're six and 14 Wow. Six and 14 in one-run games. I think that's the second-worst uh, winning percentage, if not the worst winning percentage in all of baseball. I forget I had the number earlier. Uh, but and, and by the way, a, a thing that the Cardinal team, the same Ollie Marmol led team last year, was one of the best in baseball in these one-run games. But I feel like you might start having those thoughts creep in late in the game of, uh-oh, here we go or the old Duncanism of the tight cheeks, right? Yeah. Like, oh, God, don't blow it. <laughs> and then you blow it. Like, those things creep in. These guys, I, I, I get it. They're millionaires, and nobody feels bad for a millionaire, but they're humans, and the human thing creeps in when bad stuff happens to you. You expect you expect something bad. That's, I guess that's why you get paid the big bucks is how do you compartmentalize some of that stuff and just believe you're going to win. That's the hard part.
5: Thanks to everyone who helped sell out this year's Big League Impact. Swinging for Impact. We just got done talking about Adam Wainwright, and of course, Adam Wainwright is Big League Impact. He he's got a charity that that uh, helps people around the world. It's going to be the Adam Wainwright event this uh, Sunday evening evening at Top Golf. Uh, even though Swinging for Impact is already sold out, there are still many upcoming opportunities to help support Big League Impact, including their Cardinals London watch party happening Saturday, June twenty fourth at Patio's, hosted by the Opening Drive. Find out more about the Cardinals' London Watch Party at patios at ESPN, 101ESPN.com. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. It is Brad Thompson and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Staltzer. So what direction will the roster kind of take shape here? Dylan Carlson is starting a rehab. We know right now Jordan Walker is up. Does, is, does Brad think he'll be up for the long haul? What about Luke and Baker? And whether or not, you're going to get some more opportunities for him. We'll talk about kind of the roster construction next on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
3: Back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
5: Last segment for the Cardinals Power Hour with our guy Brad Thompson, BT, tonight, Pre and post for Bally Sports Midwest with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. So, Brad, we know that Dylan Carlson is beginning a rehab assignment, so he's drawing closer to coming back from that ankle injury that has sidelined him for a couple of weeks now. Lars Newbar will be back sooner rather than later, too. At least that's the uh, anticipation for the Cardinals. From a roster standpoint, when you get those two guys back, how does... How does Ali? How do you think this outfield mix? Let's just let's just stick with the outfield first. How do you think the outfield okay. looks with Jordan? Because Jordan Walker's up. Do you anticipate that he stays up, or with these two guys coming back, do you do you get a feeling that he may go back to Memphis again?
1: I, it's a great question, and the thing is, I, I would love to give Jordan Walker right now as much runway as I could possibly give him. I'd love to just give him at-bats every day, and right now it's very easy with those two guys on the I.L. Uh, I also need, right now, I need Donovan in the lineup daily, and I need Tommy in the lineup. I need I need the speed and the versatility of Tommy Edmond. So it's kind of difficult to get all of those things in the lineup at the same time, but when Newt comes back, Newt has got to be in there. He, he'll be manning center field for you, I would believe, and uh, the interesting one is Dylan. Cause remember at the beginning of the season, Dylan was that fourth outfielder with Jordan Walker on the roster. Yeah. He was the mixing and matching guy. And I feel like if Jordan Walker is swinging it well, um, then I think that's what the role will be. I don't, I don't foresee any position right now or any, any scenario where Walker's not here and he's not in the lineup basically every day, whether that be DH or in the outfield. Um, so I, I think that he will get some reps, but it's, it ends up being, what does he do with it? We've seen some changes with Jordan Walker. He's been a lot more selective since coming up. His swing rate is down about 14%. His swing and miss rate is down almost 20% since coming back. And he's actually hitting the ball a little bit harder. What he's not doing is what we were told he was tasked to do, which is hit the ball in the air a little bit more. He's put 13 balls in play. Eight of them have been on the ground, including the two hits that he has. So, uh, but... Like, to, At the end of the day, how much are you going to care if he's hitting the right. ball hard and doing so consistently? Yeah, at, we got that text point, the other
5: day, and it's a good point.
1: Yeah, at, at some point, you're going to let the the uh, just-turned-21-year-old figure it out, and it, you're going to have to let him figure it out at the big league level, or you're going to have to let him figure it out at Triple A. Because like anything else in life, we've all gone through phases in life, and I think this resonates with anybody, whatever your job is or whatever you are into growing up. And maybe this was like with your parents. You would always give them – they try to help you and be like, I know. I know. My, my Well, my daughter does it to me all the time. She's seven. She doesn't know anything. But she I know, Dad. Like okay, you know? You know? Okay, great. And then an hour goes by and it's like the same problem she's having. It's like Dad, what do you do with this? Oh Oh, I thought you knew. Didn't you know? But you're supposed to? like at some point if you don't have the answer to it, if like Jordan doesn't have the answer, then he's going to come back looking for it. And and there is going to be help there. And I don't say that. Like I said it with my daughter that like, it's like a stubborn thing or, or or my son or anybody's kids. Like everybody's everybody has that same situation at home. Right. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, I know it's like, well, if you knew you'd have done it, no, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Uh, but as you have to fail to look for another way to do things, like it's very difficult. I couldn't imagine, uh, Uh, I I love to talk about my career so much. I couldn't imagine coming off of like a a very good time in my career. Let's say coming off of uh, the only good thing that happened in my career, a scoreless streak. I come off of that and be like, you know what you need? You need to uh, change up. Like, what do you mean? (laughs) I just sinker slider. I was great. I had two pitches and I just ran through everybody. Uh, And, I I actually did hear it's like, Hey, we need to get that third pitch. I'm like, okay, you need to get a third pitch.
7: And And then, you know what?
1: Lo and behold, you get to the big leagues and hot damn, a third pitch would be a good thing to have (laughs) because you just go on sinker slider and you throw 88 to 91, you're not really scaring anybody. You kind of needed that next level. So, uh, for, for Walker, look, he's so extremely talented. He's going to to end up – he's going to get better and better. I just don't know, like, at what rate we expected. Remember, coming into the season, he was the guy that was looked at. He was going to be the runaway NL uh, rookie of the year, mm-hmm. and then he gets sent down, and it's like, oh, well – Maybe he doesn't have it anymore. Or maybe the Cardinals don't know what they're doing with him. Look, he's just turned 21 years old. He's going to figure it out. Jamie, I'm sure you see this all the time in, in hockey. You get a, a young stud who's got a great skill set. Then he gets to the NHL. Then it's like, ooh, this looks different here.
6: Yeah, absolutely. It happens every year. There's guys like that. Heck, there's guys that are still in the Blues' current lineup that are young players that are still learning. They're still expanding you know their role within the team. So, no, I agree 100%. And sometimes going down to the minors and slowing life down just a little bit, sometimes that helps a young player too because as you know BT life in the majors it moves pretty quickly. You're in different cities all the time, the games are happening and then you know you're you're trying to wrap your arms around what it's like to be this major league baseball player, but things aren't going quite the way they should. So now you're in your own head at the same time as all this life is moving so fast beside you, sometimes it's good to slow that down a little bit and and give the guy some reps in the minors or even just some time uh, on the bench to watch things and and continue to develop. But, BT, I I got a question for you before we we get you out of here. And I don't know if you're aware of a certain ace that could probably be available via trade. No, he's not. No, he's not. (laughs) The Blue Jays optioning Alec Manoa to the oh, yeah. I don't know Florida Penal League or something. <laughs> yeah, <he> st- <laughs> the California <laughs> Penal. Car. League. Yeah, he stole What do you car make of this, a Brad? You trade. got to trade for him right now. I don't know if you could, but yeah. what do you make of this? Like, and well. if if he is available via trade, I mean, I'd have to kick the tires. I think.
1: Well, I would say this. Every team in baseball has already called the Blue Jays. I, I'm pr- I would feel pretty confident in knowing that. Alec Manoa, uh, an all-star. He's off to his worst start that he's ever had in his big league career. He's only in his third season. He's got an ERA north of six. And to me – this is, uh, this is a mental reset. This is the exact same thing you just mentioned with Jordan Walker or a young player. They say, okay, we got to get you out of the spotlight. We got to send you down and we got to get you fixed because he's leading the league in walks. He's got 42 of them in 58 innings. That's atrocious. Uh, and how about this for, for reference? He's got 42 walks in 58 innings. Alec Manoa last year. Had 51 walks in 196 and two thirds. So he's lost it. Like he's just, so this sounds like a, an issue, maybe upstairs a little bit for him, because I think that the overall velocities and stuff have been good. So they're sending him out to get reset. But I don't see any way, shape, or form they're going to let Alec Manoa walk out the door, round back into form with some other ball club, unless they know something that is way worse than other <laughs> teams would know. But super intriguing. Like, yes, I would call. Like, hey, I heard Alec might need a change of scenery. He hates loonies and toonies. Like that would be and maple that would syrup be worth the call. Yes, hates maple syrup <sighs> mm-hmm. and and oh, everything that is you had to go there, huh?
5: Yeah, sorry. Wow. Yeah.
1: Who hates maple syrup? Let's Seriously,
5: you know. That is true. It's a good point, BT. Like, uh, Alec Manoa is available. Really? He's 25 years old. He's an all-star last year and an ace. The hell is wrong with him? You know, like, if he, yes. if he really yes. was available, you're like, um, let's pump the brakes on this because maybe there's something else going on here. But I'd highly doubt that the Blue Jays would want to deal him.
6: I say kick the tires anyways. Let's do it. Oh, kick, the, kick them for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: walk around that whole car, do the whole old dad thing. I don't
5: know.
6: Oh,
1: I don't know. The
5: transmission on the rotary girder is off. I'll give you 500 right, you for it. Tell. Yeah. BT, love you, man. Great hey, stuff as guys, always. You.
1: Congratulations on your win, even though you didn't end up getting the lightning round in because uh, Dylan happened. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Dylan. I hope that his leg gets back into place because that's that's disappointing anthony i talked to you after the event and and you were a little shaken up by the whole dylan situation well i
5: felt bad for him i mean his foot was on sideways it was not it was not pretty yeah not pretty he had a good attitude about it both there
1: that's called shock that was shock
5: (laughs) and then he maybe he's hopefully he's on some i don't know maybe some some decent pain meds or something He, he was able to tweet us yesterday so yeah our best our best to uh, Dylan and his family. So that was a rough one. But BT, we'll see you tonight on Bally Sports Midwest, Breen Post.
1: All right, you guys have a great weekend. I'll All talk right. to you. Is it? Wait, wait. What's today?
5: No, it's Tuesday, man. We got a long way. Okay. Yeah. You know what?
1: That's on me. I'll talk to you Friday. <laughs> that sounds and, good. Uh, have a great rest of the week.
5: All right, but man, that's Brad Thompson uh, with Jamie Rivers and Anthony the the fastlane on one one at ESPN. Man, Matthew Tkachuk and the Panthers—they look a little rough right now. Is this going to be a runaway?
6: We'll... Oh, stop it.
5: Well, there you go. There's Jamie's answer. It's next on 101 ESPN. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner,
2: adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown.
0: For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
3: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. ESPN.
4: The uh, parts of our game that we know we can improve we're going to have to get to real fast there's there's no doubt about that we'll have a pretty simple game plan I, I don't think it's about scoring goals in this series because I think uh, it's about defending the rush and we were great at that tonight
6: It's a fast lane here on 101 ESPN that was Florida Panthers head coach Paul Maurice following their loss in game 2 last night to the Vegas Golden Knights and they fell to the Knights 7-2 to I don't know if I saw this coming, Marshy. Um, you know, when you when you look at this series, I thought it was gonna be pretty evenly matched. I thought it was gonna be it was gonna be a test of who can dominate the middle of the ice. The Florida Panthers got a gritty group of forwards. They like to get to the front of the net, specifically guys like Matthew Kachuk, Bennett, Reinhardt, Lomberg, all these guys love to get to the net. And do damage and cause chaos, whereas the flip side of it, the Vegas Golden Knights, they've got those oak trees I've talked about here so often that are defending the middle of the ice very well. In fact, they're defending the middle of the ice so well that Florida really hasn't generated anything on the inside. I mean, Mm. I did not see this coming, though.
4: No, no. And I wonder if the time off maybe hurt them because it seemed like Florida was a team that was just full of momentum and you kind of have to be if you're such a low seed and so I wonder if having all that time off sort of hurt them and I was listening to Matthew Kachuk's game presser last night and he was saying that Vegas they just play a different style of game the, the, the way that they need to um, sort of help themselves out is off the rush and you know getting clean breaks out of the zone and you know if you're not doing that you're really not generating any offense but you know I mean if you look at it Aiden Hill's playing really well who would have thought and and Bob who basically brought them there him and and, him and Kachuk Bob's not playing uh, like he was in the first three rounds so uh, maybe things change in the next few games but I mean, right now, Vegas is just dominating them right now.
6: Yeah, so a couple of things here that I've observed in the first two games, and now, for me, it's where Florida has to change a little bit. Uh, One, the turnovers. They're not managing the puck very well at the blue lines. Specifically inside the Vegas Golden Knights zone, right up high there, top of the circles, blue line area, they're turning the puck over there. And what happens is the Florida Panthers are a team that works down low in the corners, the cycle game, down behind the net. So they position their players down low in order to create that offense. Well, when you turn the puck over high and you've got your players down low, that creates outnumbered situations for Vegas to uh, transition and get going. So there's a lot of three-on-twos, a lot of four-on-twos, the D-man jumping into the play, and you know that's going to wear on you. And Vegas has some really good players, too, mm-hmm. that can finish. They're big, strong players, too. They protect the puck very well. So that's one area of the game that the Florida Panthers have got to clean up. The other area of the game...
5: Can I interject real uh, yeah, quick? Yeah, absolutely. Jamie, when... Okay, so that you mentioned that's who the Panthers are. Get down low, cycle the puck, win in front of the net. That's causing them issues, but that is who they are. Mm-hmm. And they got to the point this point because of that. So are there... And maybe you're going to get into this and I just cut you off, but is there a way for the Panthers to still be that and also come back in this series? Or is this just a bad matchup now?
6: No, they have to impose their will at this point. So to me, the turnovers are what the problem is. It's just like the Blues in 2019. The Panthers Mm -hmm. team, the way they're set up is very much like our 2019 Stanley Cup champion team. We didn't turn the puck over like that you can't do it you cannot turn the Mm -hmm. puck over you have to wear down these players alex petrangelo is a i mean one of the best defensemen in the nhl and i'm gonna pull up something here while i'm talking because i saw this last night and just to prove what a number one defenseman can do for your team but he's a guy you have to wear down you're not wearing him down you're letting him go he's up in the play all the time he's joining the rush he's part of like Uh uh-uh, he should be down low having to defend, he should have to deal with the net front stuff, and he should have to be chasing guys around and working extra hard. Just finishing hits on guys like Petro and Eichel and those guys, it's not enough at this point. You have to do more to tire them out. And so before I get into the next part of it, Alex Petrangelo, these are numbers I found last night that I thought were pretty interesting. And uh, these are ranks for specific categories. D-zone loose puck recoveries. So when there's a loose puck in his defensive zone, Alex Petrangelo is the number one defenseman in the NHL and the the Stanley Cup playoffs at getting those loose pucks. Mm. Tells me he's hungry out there, or he's in good position, or both. Next one is completed D-zone passes. So you talk about that first pass, the breakout pass that you need, the clean zone exits. Alex Petrangelo is the number one defenseman in all of the Stanley Cup playoffs with executing those D-zone passes. Completed stretch passes. So those long passes that create instant offense, that transition game to where when you turn the puck over, you pay for it because there's a long pass for instant scoring opportunities. Alex Petrangelo first in the NHL as defenseman in all of the playoffs at completing those passes. Uh, and the last two categories, D-zone denials. So that means just where he's in the way. He gets a stick, a body on the puck. He stop he stops your offense instantly. He's second in the NHL, in all the playoffs. And the last one is blocked passes. So when you're trying to create offense in the offensive zone, uh, the stick that either deflects the puck out of the way or knocks it out of the air or gets his his body in the way, Alex Petrangelo is second in all players, not just defensemen.
4: Mm -hmm. Be nice to have a guy like that.
6: Yeah. doesn't suck. So getting back to the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers, Panthers, one, the turnovers have to stop. But two, you've made your point now of running around trying to hit guys and kill guys They've and do taken all that stuff. Too
4: many penalties.
6: And, and I, I'm okay with the latter half of last mm-hmm. night because if you're gonna take liberties at that point, you're already right. out of the game. You get after it. But get your get your dollars worth. Mm-hmm. I still don't feel like they got their dollars worth. Mm-hmm. And Alex Petrangelo, he told you after game one, how the Vegas Golden Knights are gonna handle your your physicality. He said it doesn't matter to me. We're not focused on that. I, I don't care. You guys try to hit me every night. We just we don't get engaged in that stuff.
4: Does does this remind you of of what the blues did? Not obviously not this year, but last year against the Avalanche when when the whole cadre thing was happening, we said, Hey, we can't get too high in terms of emotions with the physicality. They gotta just play their game. Like obviously play a physical brand of hockey, but don't get too you know, running around with your with your head cut off, and then are we seeing that right now from Florida to where they're doing somewhat of the same thing? Because when the Blues did end up doing that, Kadri ended up, you know, burying a, a few goals.
6: The frustration has set in for Florida a little mm-hmm. bit here because Vegas they they are a very clean team, and what I mean by that is their passing is is executed very well. Good tape to tape passes. You're chasing the puck a lot. You get frustrated. The Panthers are not getting extended periods of time with control of the puck, so that gets frustrating. And they're scoring goals. They're beating you. So now you're trying to even the score. You're trying to set the tone. Matthew Kachuk, at this point, he scored a goal last night. He's still a massive factor in both of these games that have happened so far. He's just got to dial it in. Take the hits that are there and execute them when they're there. Don't go out of your way to be aggressive. Lomberg, Bennett, all these other guys. Now's the time to flip the switch and change how you're playing a little bit so that then Vegas, who's trying to counter all of this physicality, now they're sitting there wondering what the hell you're doing because, well, he didn't run me from behind. He didn't face wash me after the whistle. He didn't do this. Right. Change the game on the fly here and try to refocus yourself so you can try to get some more attacks to the net and get some shots on goal. The Stanley Cup final, game three,
5: will be played on Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Yes, TNT uh, will have the game for you, but when it comes to listening to it, you can listen to it right here on 101 ESPN, and I think it's going to be a fantastic game three, Jamie. Incredible. I think it's going to look good the whole game. We you know really it, do.
6: It already does look really good, but mm-hmm. I think it's going to be incredible.
5: Yep. Golden Knights, Panthers. Right here on 101 ESPN Thursday night. Jesse Rogers of ESPN is going to join us next. He's very intimate with the Chicago scene, and normally, you know, when when it comes to like the Cubs and the Cardinals, that makes more sense. But we're actually going to talk to Jesse about the over over his his thoughts as an outsider about the Cardinals. But I also want to ask him about this White Sox pitching staff because a lot of people are like, "Hey, why don't you start?" You know, could some of these guys make trade trade sense for the Cardinals? Why would you give up young pitching? Maybe Jesse Rogers has some insight on that. That's next on 101 ESPN.
3: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
5: With former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Let's head to our celebrity line. We're joined by Jesse Rogers of ESPN. He covers the White Sox and the Cubs for ESPN.com. Appears regularly as well uh, on ESPN 1000 in Chicago at Jesse Rogers ESPN. is where you can follow him on Twitter. Jesse, how are you?
2: I am doing well. How are you guys doing? We're we're doing well.
5: Well, Good personally. Glad you asked, Jesse. Yeah, professionally when... (laughs) You know, most of the time you're talking on a four-hour show about the Cardinals. About 95 uh, percent of the time, it's 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 uh, not fun right now. So that that leads us to our first question. Then Jesse, you're you're somebody that covers the league, but you're mainly in Chicago. What's the outsider's view of the Cardinals at this point?
2: Holy totally disappointing. I wasn't really surprised by a little bit of a slow start when you consider what the WBC did to spring training and breaking in a new catcher, but. Once they turned the corner, I thought it was going to continue, and it just never did. So I think most people are kind of surprised they didn't really get back into it when they started to play better. It, it, it's a sign that again, that thought of you know you can lose the pennant in April, but you can't win it kind of kind of plays out here if they don't recover. It, it's going to be because of that start. So yeah, um, not shocked by April, but kind of surprised by what's gone on lately that they haven't really continued to make up ground. In fact, they've fallen backwards.
6: Jesse. Uh... Talking about the beginning of the season in April in particular, were you were you shocked or surprised at all when the entire, you know, Wilson Contreras thing kind of popped out here in St. Louis? I know we haven't had a chance to to talk to you since that point, but you're a guy that covers the Chicago teams, and you know this guy very well, and here he is, the big free agent signing for the Cardinals, and all of a sudden, for the first time and I don't even know how long, the Cardinals have a little drama going on.
2: Yeah, it was it was really strange how it all went down. Um I don't and I don't think anybody I've talked to really understands why he couldn't just keep catching through it a little bit. Um why make such a pronouncement that he's lost his job and then what was it 10 days later he had it back? Um a lot of people that I've talked to think that they did it sort of to to highlight it and almost embarrass him into playing better or whatever or calling a better game. I don't I don't know. It was it was really strange. I mean, they could have just done it quietly, let him DH a few days, work on whatever he had to work on, then catch Wainwright, then go back to DHing. But they really made a display of it. Um, and, and then they rallied around him, which, which was good. I mean, they recognized that this was kind of embarrassing. You can't blame all your woes on one guy, especially when most people, most observers, thought this team didn't do enough on the mound in the off season. So it did not shock me that they started the season poorly. Wainwright decided to pitch in the WBC and then gets hurt. And they really don't have a number one or number two in the first place. And, and certainly not enough to, to cover a, an injury right out of spring training, it felt like. So I guess the best way to put it is they took a weakness going into the season. They added a catcher whose strength is offensively, not defensively. What did you expect to happen? So um, to kind of publicly put the blame on him was a, was really strange. Um, I think Mosellock has to look in the mirror that – Look, just because they worked um, some deals at the deadline the last two years for pitchers and it worked out, doesn't mean you can do it again this year. And um, if you get far enough behind, it doesn't matter who's available. John Lester, J.A. Happ, Jordan Montgomery, it may may not be enough. So I think the front office really screwed this thing up coming off your playoff loss last year. Everyone recognized you needed number one, and they just kind of continued the course and and look what's happening.
6: Yeah, that's kind of where I wanted to go next is this rotation. And... You know, a lot of people here in St. Louis, uh, including myself, had kind of bought into the pitch-to-contact. We don't need to get the the big swing-and-miss guy. Jack Flaherty can be that, you know, if he can get back to being Jack Flaherty. But, man, Jesse, all of that kind of blew up in our faces early in the season, and it feels like the Cardinals pitching staff has been trying to catch up ever since.
2: Well, look, the pitch-to-contact thing is great if the guy that's pitching is just on his game. Kyle Hendricks in 2016 pitched a contact and had a 2.16 ERA. But if that guy or that staff isn't completely on their game, they're exposed. And without the shift, you're exposed even more. I'm seeing in Chicago with Jamison Tyon, for example. Great pitcher, great contact pitcher, light contact. Well, when it doesn't exactly work your way, look what happens when you can't fall back on strikeouts. So the whole contact pitcher with great defense is awesome on paper, especially with a shift. Without the shift, and if your staff isn't completely on its game, this is what happens. So I'll will still take the strikeout guy over the contact guy, unless that guy is just having a Cy Young type year, and it doesn't feel like anybody on the Cardinals is even close to that. No,
5: you're absolutely right about that. Miles Michaels has turned around a little bit, Jesse, but uh, yeah, a little it, bit, yeah, yeah. He got off to a rough start. Uh, Jesse Rogers of ESPN joining us right now on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Uh, Jesse, my, so you also you also cover the White Sox. And I've made this point whenever we we get the text about, hey, what about the White Sox? You know, they're struggling. They they got a lot of good young pitching. Could they be a possible trade target for the Cardinals? My point has always been, well, if the White Sox want to turn it around, getting rid of, even though they're struggling, getting rid of young pitching doesn't make any sense. What are you hearing right now when it comes to the White Sox and guys like Dylan Cease and Lucas Giolito and, uh, you know, um, Michael Kolpak, those guys?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think what I'm hearing is basically, look, if you're a free agent and you're having a bad season as a team, you're you're likely to be moved. And that, that applies to Giolito and Clevenger, really. Um, I mean, to, tr- to trade Kopech or Cease C- is a bigger conversation within the team. It's a, it's a ph- philosophical move within the team. Okay, we're changing direct- directions completely. So it's two different categories here. I have little doubt that if things continue as is with the White Sox, Giolito, and in a smaller way, Clevenger could be on the move. Actually, Clebinger's pitched okay. But certainly, Giolito is not re-signing here. He's just not. So, you, I always say this about executives, and I think they feel this way as well. If your summer is going to be that bad in the standings, you better uh, find something positive out of it, and that comes on July 31st. You better get something positive out of a bad season. So certainly, Giolito is a trade trade candidate, and then a guy like Clevenger, maybe even Liam Hendricks. Closers get a lot at the deadline if he's back up to speed, and you know he can get traded. You know, doctor's okay, whatever it is. So, so there are there are guys that are pending free agents now. Liam Hendricks has an option for next year. You know, that are more likely to move than not. You know, I, I would imagine the White Sox would start with you know a couple top prospects if it's if it's for Giolito, who's having a decent year at least, and he's a solid. You know, three, maybe a two on his best days. Uh, you know, whether it be Jordan Walker, I'm sure the Cardinals will say no. Maybe the, the, the shortstop down there uh, win. That's a possibility as Tim Anderson's time in Chicago could be ending soon. So I imagine they would ask for a lot because that's what starting pitchers and closers get at the deadline. Teams are pretty desperate a lot of times. Uh, so who knows if there would be a match but certainly giolito would be first on the list to go i think jesse what other names
5: could be available it seems like it's going to be a weak market when it comes to starting pitching because guys like aaron Nolo's a free agent what well, you know he's the phillies are still attempting to contend you got some other veteran free agents that you know will, will be have the will have their contract expire at the end of the year but they're on contenders so who else could be available
2: yeah certainly you have to look at Cleveland, and Shane Bieber. I mean, the, the NL and AL Centrals are fascinating to me. I mean, first of all, they're fascinatingly bad. Let's start with that. But what what's going to occur late July is really interesting. If you are, take the White Sox, nine games under five hundred in late July, but only five and a half games out of first place, what the heck do you do? And that applies to Detroit. Um, and then you, you go to the NL Central, whether it be the Reds and the Cubs. Uh, it looks like the Pirates are in it for the long haul. So some of these teams have some major decisions. But the Guardians are the type of team that will trade and still try to contend. Like there's that that those teams that try to thread the needle, a little bit of a sell-off, but we're not giving up either. So Shane Bieber would probably be at the top of the list of potential guys to go. There's a lot of teams like the Mets that you just don't think are going to sell. It's kind of like the Cardinals. I mean, you can't really sell if you're the Mets. You just can't even though, like I said, you have to salvage something from a bad season. I think the Phillies are in it for the long haul. So you're right. I think it is a seller's market. I think you have to look at those central teams. Obviously, the Rockies, you know, the A's, those guys are always going to be available. But which central teams are going to sell, despite being five or six games out? And again, I put the Guardians at the top of that list. I put the Reds there as well. I don't think Reds are thinking about this year. They're thinking about next year. So that's another team maybe you can go get a starter from.
5: Jesse congratulations on uh, your book coming out I know it's coming out today so the franchise Chicago Cubs curated curated history excuse (laughs) me hacked up that word sorry A, a curated history of the Northsiders uh Jesse you're talking largely to a Cardinals fan base here but you're talking to a fan base that is also very passionate about baseball so your your best your best plug for your book to uh to pick it up regardless of if you're a Cubs fan or not
2: Okay, if you like baseball pranks, my favorite chapter that I wrote has to do with pranks. Now, they're all Cub pranks, but they're still pranks. It's Rick Sutcliffe, Ryan Dempster. As it turns out, Ryan Sandberg is one of the best pranksters of his era. Nobody knew that. Really? But pick it up just for Sutcliffe and Dempster alone. There's some great stories in there that involve non-Cubs and Cubs, whatever. But, you know, look, there's stories that permeate, whether you're a Cub fan or a Cardinal fan, I think you'll enjoy it.
5: Good stuff. Well, congratulations again on the book coming out. Again, it's called uh, The Franchise, the Chicago Cubs history. And it, uh, we're look, we're looking forward to you know seeing the reviews and things like that, Jesse, as I'm sure you are too. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we have a chance to talk to you again soon. I think we lost Jesse there. Jesse, you still there? Maybe? Thank you if you're still listening. Phone call oh, yeah, I'm here. Bit. Oh, there you go. Okay. No, I was yeah. just thanking you, Jesse. Thanks for coming yeah. on.
2: And I said, thank you. We'll do it again near the deadline. Somewhere. Excellent. Perfect. Okay. Oh, love you, Adrian. Thank
5: yeah. you. Again, Jesse Rogers, ESPN. He covers the White Sox and the Cubs for ESPN uh, 1000. But I like Jesse. Je- I mean, Jesse Jesse called out what a lot of the fans here in St. Louis have called out the fact that you bring in Wilson Contreras. Maybe you didn't have a, a necessarily a good game plan to have him come in. Things went sideways. We, we definitely talked about the fact that you did not get an ace or anything close to that. You don't have one. He went into the season thinking, we'll just roll with the starting pitching we have. And Jesse echoed those thoughts, Jamie.
6: Yeah. It's, um, I always find it eye opening to get the perspective from an outsider because they're not looking at anything through Cardinal rose colored glasses. They're mm-hmm. not. And Jesse didn't pull any punches on, on that. And he, he echoed a lot of what the fan base here has been saying um, regarding this team specifically the off season, and then also the Contreras situation. We said the exact same thing. I, I believe we said – I know I said it. I said, you could have just masked it and have him DH and just say, hey, he's he's working through some things right now. Right. Alluding to maybe he's got an injury, maybe he doesn't, not sure. But you didn't have to do that whole, like, look at this. Oh. No, you didn't have to do that. So it's refreshing to hear that that kind of stuff. And sometimes it's good – to to hear that when you're a Cardinals fan you feel not a little bit validated but at the mm. same time you're like okay so if the rest of the world is seeing it like what can we do to fix it right
4: at least someone's keeping Mo accountable yeah good call station. no
5: good call Marsh you're absolutely right speaking of Marsh he's got what's trending for you next on 101 ESPN
3: we're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN,
7: 101 ESPN. <laughs> That
5: sound means it's time to play the lineup game in the lane on 101 ESPN. This is where Jamie and I put together what we think Ali is going to do when it comes to his lineup. That will inevitably uh, cost the Cardinals a game. All right, Jamie, what do you think? Wow. Dane Dunning Whoa. tonight. What? Who is? Uh, Dan- I said Dane Dunning tonight. Oh, yeah, double D. Yep, double D mm-hmm.
6: tonight. All right. Is he a lefty or a righty? He's a right-hander. Oh, well, Brendan Donovan. Yes, sir. Show us. Donnie boy. Alright! Way to go, Donnie! Alright. Uh, this is gonna be our guy, uh Paul Goldschmidt, don't you think? Anthony? Big fundy time. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. Show us the big fundy. I love gold. Now, now, James, no. it's your guy. Whoa, 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 Miss Lippy. He had Nolan Arnato batting third last game. Contreras was batting cleanup. Now, I know Gorman wasn't in the lineup because, you know, heaven forbid he hits against a left-hand pitcher. It's
5: illegal again, I guess. You go
6: back to the other lineup, you think? Yeah. Okay. Show us. Storm and Gorman. Storm and Gorman. He's taking the league by storm.
5: Anthony? Marshy, can you please show us? Nolan Arnato Can I say one more thing? Sure. Albert Pujols, I love you, man.
6: Okay. All right, so... This is Big Willie style. It's got to be, right? Yeah. Show us Big Willie.
3: Wilson! Well Wilson! Well Wilson! Well Wilson! Well
5: All right, with righty on the bump, I imagine this is going to be Alec Burleson and not... Luke and Baker. That'd be my guess, because the sixth spot is like whoever that guy is—Burleson, Yepes, now Baker. This has been the sixth spot for Ollie mm. depending on you don't think the Edmund? matchup. No.
6: Okay. Go ahead then.
5: I want you, I, Jamie. We're team. I want you to.
6: All oh, right. Oh. When I say go ahead, it means I agree. You agree? All right. Cool.
5: Show us Alec Burleson, please.
6: Oh. Early. You're so rugged and manly.
5: That gets Jamie every time. It's
6: funny, man. Oh, this is the king. Show us the king. <laughs> the king has returned. Let's hope.
5: All right, then Walker Edmund would be my guess. Yes. Show us Jordan Walker.
6: Walk it like I talk it. Talk it. Walk
5: it like I talk it. Hey. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Yeah. Show us, Tommy Boy.
3: But right now, I'm gonna need you, Tommy Boy, to get this place going.
6: Well, we did our job, Jamie. I don't know if I like that, though, Anthony. Mm. No. Well, what's not like the what's not to like? You guys were
4: perfect. No,
6: I'm okay with us being perfect. Mm. But this is like us knowing exactly without with very little struggle. Knowing exactly what the lineup's going to be, and this lineup hasn't been good. Like it goes back a couple years ago when I used to make fun of Mike Schilt the mm. old copy and paste. Even mm-hmm. though you're you, nobody's hitting and you're not mm-hmm. winning, and it's just the old copy and paste. The old yeah. control C, control V. Yeah, that's a good one too. That's right. Um copy and paste. I don't know if I wouldn't look to change it up a little bit. Like I don't know. But anyways, it's listen. He it's didn't fun. ask me. It's fun. okay. That's the problem. Is it's just. Fine. Yeah.
5: I don't know what, what you could do with the bench though. Like wh- who would you who would you replace? No,
6: you're not winning anyways. Who would I replace?
5: Yeah. Or what would you do to like nobody's hitting?
6: Yeah. I I would give Juan Yepes more at bats, man. I, I would just give him more at bats. His splits against lefties and righties are just fine. I know he's a disaster in the outfield, but golly, take a look around. You don't really have guys that look like Gold Glovers in there every night either. Got a bunch of Azunas. You got a couple of them, that's for sure. I would give Juan Yepes some more plate appearances just to see if he can't unlock something there because, God, he's got the power.
7: I have the power.
4: I have the
6: power. Marsh, run it.
4: All right, leading off. In left field, Brendan Donovan, batting second. First baseman Paul Goldschmidt, batting third. The second baseman Nolan Gorman, the cleanup hitter. Third baseman Nolan Arenado, batting fifth. Catching Wilson Contreras, batting sixth. The DH Alec Burleson, batting seventh. The shortstop Paul DeYoung, batting eighth in right field. Jordan Walker, and batting ninth in center field, Tommy. Admin.
3: Back, 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 back,
0: back, back. Stay fair! Go fair! Go fair! Go fair! Stay, fair! Stay fair! Stay fair! Go foul! Go foul! I don't believe what I just saw! Home run!
4: Alright, Marsh! What are our standings, kid? We do are we all doing well? Well, I mean, I guess. Jamie's got four. That boy. Anthony, you're at two. Nah. I'm at one. Nah. And then Dan's still at two. Okay. So I don't, I don't know yeah, if you consider that it, to be good. I don't. Jamie, go ahead. Oh, I get to go? Yeah,
5: you're leading.
6: Oh, well, this guy's going to be th- three levels of pissed off tonight. Because Ollie doesn't believe in him against left-handed pitching. So against a right-handed pitcher, he's going to just eat. Eat, big dog, eat. Eat. Go with Gorman. Mm -hmm. I already typed it in. (laughs) (laughs) What
4: do you got, Marsh? Um... Who knows? Uh, I'm going to go with Paul DeYoung. Why not? Uh, I'm going to go with
6: Nolan Arnauto. Oh, I thought you were going to go with a (laughs) Ranger.
5: I wanted to. Are they available?
6: Yeah, I was just thinking that too, but then I know the rules of... uh, Oh, this home run derby oh, no, game, Anthony. never mind not allowed that's my head trauma brain kicking in there
5: you know we're doing beat the streak
6: i i just married beat the streak and home run sure. together yeah yeah uh i'm gonna retract you, that statement you,
5: you did tease beat the streak for us coming up though mm-hmm. did i ever yeah you are one big tease look at you it's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. That was our, our lineup game. So we didn't get to what's trending. Let's get to what's trending next. We're
3: right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half-price Cardinals ticket voucher.
4: Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, we were talking about this earlier today in the office. Our pal Piddles was in the office, and we brought up NBA expansion as uh, Shaquille O'Neal in an interview ahead of Game 2 of the NBA Finals was talking with Adam Silver, and uh, he said expansion to Seattle and Las Vegas is a possibility and that first the league needs to conduct the TV media negotiations, where, which are expected to begin next spring. Uh, just talking about expansion, we obviously have seen MLS work here in St. Louis, and of course there are some high-profile NBA players from the area as well. Would you be open to the NBA expanding to St. Louis? Because Absolutely. our guy Action Jackson, he uh, he said no.
6: No, I couldn't believe he yeah, didn't it want was a crazy. team here. crazy.
4: Piddles, unbelievable.
6: All the basketball crap that he tries to shove into our ear holes every day. Basketball crap? Why why would you say that way? Well, because you should hear what he says anyways what? why are you side pre- him i'm not i'm coming straight to the front door mm, that's um, true you know what he was he was and those he are the was guys saying some stuff the other the day about jamie show yeah. come out here and do that so I, I, whatever well,
5: i think it was more to me it was more tim mckernan
6: it's, you know what anthony tim mckernan is jackson just, a part of that show yeah he's a part of the then show Then that's all it matters so, Tim. So, Tim just gets, gets off scot free? No. When I see Tim. For we'll- supporting the Rizzuto show and their lies? We'll get to Tim. He's got enough on his plate. Have you seen him lately? My goodness. What's wrong with him? Well, Anthony, you know what you said the other day. I agree with you. Anyways, Jackson did not want I said something? <laughs> an NBA team here in St. Louis. I don't know if it works or no. not. I think it's. I think it would be a very popular thing. But I feel like. Right now, in in these couple of years, it might be too much for the city to handle. What? What what I mean by that, Anthony, honestly, stop being stupid. Be normal here for a second.
5: Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was the best sports city in America. It is. Then bring in the NBA.
6: So I'm going to finish my thought. Okay. Uh, (laughs) You have a brand new franchise in St. Louis City SC that is doing phenomenal. You have the Blues that are still drawing. You have the Cardinals that are drawing, even though the Blues and Cardinals had a tough year. Both teams are doing well. I don't know if two years from now when City SC is completely established, which I believe they, they are on their way to doing that. I don't think there's a risk, but it comes down to sponsorship dollars, advertising dollars here in the city. Is there enough to support another pro team? I don't know.
5: If not, then what are we doing? What do you mean? We're sports city, no?
6: Yeah, we are, Anthony, but the sports city still needs a substantial amount of money in order to well, then keep bring those it in teams. from the- where?
5: Synergy hockey.
6: Uh, well, I wish I had that kind of disposable income, Anthony, that' sure would be nice.
5: Jamie, I was looking at your books in the office earlier. Yeah, I think you should sponsor the hot, the uh, basketball team.
6: all those hundreds of dollars. Huh? <laughs> okay. Nah. um well it look like the you know tropic uh, the tropics the flint tropics
3: let's get tropical possibly. yes
5: will you have to trade somebody for a washing machine at some point sure but I think the St. Louis spider monkeys will look great when it comes to synergy hockey skills.com sponsorship
6: sure Anthony, your thoughts on if a team could business-wise thrive here. Never mind the sports fans and all that stuff. Put your business hat on for a second. I think it's too soon. At one, I mean, at one
5: point, wasn't St. Louis, didn't, didn't we have like 10 plus Fortune 500 companies?
6: No, I agree. And a lot of them, though, are double sponsoring right now. A lot of st louis city sc sponsorship is also covering the blues also covering the cardinals so when you look at those dollars that have been allocated out there you know some of the fortune 500 companies it's not that they're losing money or they're getting thin but there's only so much they can put out there while remaining a fortune 500 company i just feel like five years from now would maybe be a perfect time and maybe that's what they're talking about. I don't. Would they say two, three years down the road? Maybe, maybe it works.
5: I think you got to strike while the iron's hot.
6: I agree, Anthony. Bring it in. <laughs> okay, Anthony. Speaking you got to be of, aggressive uh, in life. You let's gotta go just out, get a team in You got
4: to go out and get what you get what you want. Speaking of uh, piddles, uh, Jackson saying just some absolutely insane things. This is what was said yesterday on the balloon party.
5: Jackson you get sideways with Jamie Rivers you you, he's come charging in here before to pin Jackson up against the wall Uh, I
4: mean you've heard their case. He's nothing he can't handle. I'll tell you that much. Oh wow. What did he say? Well Jackson I
6: tried. What did he say? He said you're nothing that he can't handle Oh boy. He can't handle his bladder when I get within a foot of him. Oh boy That's why we call him piddles You step to him and it just piddles everywhere. Poor guy, man. I just thought he was bad basketball takes, but now to hear that, my goodness. Oh well.
4: Yeah, it's um, it's unfortunate because you know you 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 see how much he loves the game of basketball. Well, we think, but the fact that you know he said straight to our face today in the office that. You know, he doesn't want an NBA team here in the city of St. Louis. One of the best, you know, sports towns, cities in America. Mm. It's just uh, really unfortunate. Um, Elliot Friedman earlier today, uh, you know, Elliot Friedman, who's uh, breaking news in the NHL, said that uh, not so sure on the exact details, but a three-way deal with Columbus, Philly, and L.A. is being worked on. He said, I believe Provorov will end up in Columbus, Cal Peterson in Philly. Not sure on all the pieces. It could lead to a Gavrikov extension with the Kings. Sean Walker is going to Philly as well. There is retention involved on some of these salaries. So it looks like you know the offseason for the NHL already kicking into high gear. Should we expect anything from Doug Armstrong in the Blues uh, as we approach the NHL draft?
6: No. You won't have anything going on with the Blues until the day before the draft Damn. or at the draft.
5: We do have breaking news in another sport, though. What? Yeah. Not local, but you can go ahead and fire the... What? I think Jamie? This is, the
6: oh, it's worth for sure. Breaking news alert. This could have been our problem.
5: <laughs> Remember, you wanted that ace for your team, your Cardinals? You wanted Jacob DeGrom, didn't you? Well, the two-time Cy Young Award winner will undergo Tommy John surgery Ooh. to repair the ulnar collateral ligament tear that he has experienced, according to ESPN. E,
6: it's Jacob okay. They DeGrom. don't need him anyways.
5: They've been great. It's a magical season. That, that hurts, though.
6: Yeah, it does. It hurts a lot, mostly through the elbow area. Yeah. <laughs>
5: I couldn't even go with the, oh, Jamie, that actually just made me laugh. All right, we got the gauntlet coming up next on 101 ESPN.
3: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three Warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit mastor.com. 401,
5: your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Salter. we welcome in Matt into the gauntlet. What's up, Matt? How's it going? Going pretty well. I'm in the gauntlet. No, it's, uh, this will be my second time.
2: It was three years ago, last time I did it.
5: Okay, so you did it. They, you get a, You did Gauntlet
2: 1.0. Yeah, back during the pandemic when what? there was no sports actually talking. Oh,
5: man. How'd you fare?
6: Uh, I got through everybody but BT.
5: Okay, no BT to worry about today, and now it's Gauntlet 2.0, so you won't have an opportunity to choose the category, but you do get a chance to choose the opponent. Would you like to take on Marsh, Jamie, or myself
6: today? Uh, well, hockey's my least favorite category, so I might as well get it out of the way and I'll take on you. Oh,
5: <laughs> I see, <laughs> Matt, I see what you did that there. That is awesome. That was, <laughs> I was waiting for you to say, Jamie. I was Jamie. wondering where that was going. That was
6: really well done. All right, Matt. Good luck in hockey. All right. Well, we're not sure if it's going to be hockey yet, but Anthony certainly yeah. has a flair for uh, hockey here in Gauntlet 2.0. All right, Matt. As you know, each question's worth two points if you answer it correctly. Only worth one point if you have to use the options and answer it correctly. And if you don't answer it correctly, well, it's worth nothing. Uh, All that we have to have you do now, Matt, is tell Marshy to spin that wheel. Spin that wheel, Marsh. All right, so obviously you don't want hockey. What do you want?
0: Uh, Random wouldn't be bad. Well, get out of here
6: it's not random uh, okay what do you think it is
0: uh football that's the way my luck goes
6: nope Baseball? hockey <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> i'm not even kidding i can, you oh, can't quick, even man. make this crap up matt i'm telling you that this All one right. was
4: close, though so it almost landed on
6: baseball. It almost got to baseball, but it but it didn't, Andrew. Mm. It didn't. It's a game of inches. It sure is. All right, category is hockey. Again, question number uh, one, Matt. The last time the Florida Panthers were in the Stanley Cup final in 1996, which team swept them? Options. Was it the Dallas Stars? The Detroit Red Wings or the Colorado Avalanche? The 96? Yes.
1: Uh, avalanche.
6: Final answer? Final answer, yes. Thank you.
4: Question number two. Who scored the game-winning goal the last time the Blues won an overtime game in the playoffs?
3: Uh... T-
4: I think... Give me the options. Options are Tyler Bozak, Carl Gunnarsson, or Ryan O'Reilly.
6: Bozak. Final answer. All right. Question number three. Who was the only Blues player to score multiple shorthanded goals last season? Uh, Options. All right. Was it Robert Thomas Alexi Torpchenko or Brandon Saad? Uh,
3: let's go with Torpchenko. Final answer.
4: Final question for you. There were three Blues hat-tricks last season. Two from Jordan Cairo. Who had the other one in an 8-5 loss against Minnesota? Options again. Your options are Pavel Buchnevich, Robert Thomas, or Brayden Shin?
0: Well, Robert Thomas is what came to mind, so let's go with Robert Thomas Final answer.
6: All right, all right. Let's get uh, Anthony in here from the cone of silence while he makes his way in. Matt, how are you feeling, buddy?
4: Uh, I was shooting in the dark.
6: Yeah, I have been down that road before. All right, Anthony is back here with us. He's gonna plug his ears in here All right, Anthony, how's the Kona silence today?
5: It was silent actually no Mike Ryder in there So I closed the door so I wouldn't hear the speaker outside and I just sat there in silence Yeah, I was alone with my thoughts guys. Mm. How,
6: how did you like that?
5: Not good. Okay, not good at all. No. All mm-hmm.
6: right, Anthony question number one The last time the Florida Panthers were in the Stanley Cup <laughs> final in 1996 Mm-hmm. Who swept them? Yes, it's hockey.
5: That's incredible. That is absolutely incredible. 96, you say? Uh-huh. Uh... think it was good in the 90s. Who also won a cup? I'll take the options.
6: Alright, was it the Dallas Stars? The Detroit Red Wings? Or the Colorado Avalanche?
5: I believe it was the Avalanche.
4: Final answer. Question number two. Who scored the game-winning goal the last time the Blues won an overtime game in the playoffs?
5: Who scored the game-winning goal the last time the Blues won a playoff game?
6: Overtime game. Overtime overtime game.
5: game. Well, their Pat Maroon game stands out, but
7: that couldn't have been the
5: last time they won an overtime playoff game, right? Let me go through the series of sharks, Bruins. I don't think there's any the overtime games there. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some somebody. I'll get the options here. I'm sure Pat Marin's on that list, though.
4: Your options are Tyler Bozak, Carl Gunnarsson, or Ryan O'Reilly. Oh wow! Was it Boom Boom
5: Gunnarsson? No, the Boom Boom Gunnarsson was uh, Winnipeg, wasn't it? Boom, boom, Gunner- No, that was Boston. I'm gonna go with Boom, Boom
6: Gunnarsson. Final answer. All right, Anthony. Question number three: Who is the only Blues player to score multiple shorthanded goals this past season?
5: Multiple shorthanded goals this season, you say, huh, Jamie?
6: That's correct.
5: Um, I'm gonna narrow down my options. See if. Uh, I can jog something in the old memory. Can I have the options, please?
6: Yes. Was it Robert Thomas, Alexey Torpchenko, or Brandon Sod
5: For some reason, I, I want to say it was Brandon Sod I'm going to say Brandon Sod Final answer.
4: Question number four. There were three Blues hat-tricks last season. Two from Jordan Cairo. Who had... The other one, in an 8-5 loss against Minnesota.
5: Who had the hat-trick against Minnesota? Hmm.
4: Can I have the options, please? Your options are Pavel Buchnevich, Robert Thomas, or Braden Shen. I don't remember any of those guys getting hat-tricks.
5: Did Brayden Shen Ah, or was it, Booch? I'm gonna say Brayden- Br- oh... I'm gonna say Brayden Shen. Final answer.
6: All righty. Let's go over these. Let's start right there, question four. There were three Blues hat-tricks last season. Two from Jordan Cairo, who had the other one in an 8-5 loss against Minnesota. Matt, you went with Robert Thomas. Anthony, you went with Braden Shen. The answer is... It's Pavel Buchnevich. Booch, Booch got it. 0-0 zero, zero after one. Let's go to the next one here. Question number one. Last time the Florida Panthers were in the Stanley Cup Final in 1996, which team swept them? Matt, you went with the Avs. Anthony, you went with the Avs. Answer is... Yes. Nope. Question number one, Marshy. It's the Colorado Avalanche. You both got it right, and you both used the options 1-1 after right. two. Way to go, Matt. Alright, next one here Next next order of business Question number Three, we'll go there Who was the only Blues player To score multiple shorthanded goals Last season? Matt, you went with Alexei Torchenko Mm. Anthony said I I, I feel he was Brandon Saad The answer is It's Brandon Sod. Brandon Sod. 2-1 Anthony after three. Comes down to this one, folks. Who scored the game-winning goal the last time the Blues won an overtime game in the playoffs? Matt, you took the options. You said Tyler Bozak. Anthony, you took the options. And you said Boom Boom Gunnarsson. I didn't say it like that. Kind of. I said, boom, boom, Gunnarsson. <laughs> I heard it differently. Either way, uh, if Anthony is correct, obviously he gets the win here today in the gauntlet. If Matt is correct, we're getting a walk-off here. The answer is... BOSEY BABY! Walk it off. It's Ow. Tyler Bozak! Oh, no! That was Craig Berube, remember wow. that? Baby.
5: Oh <laughs> no! That's right. Yeah, what so was it? Was
6: Boom Boom in the win? Was that, that was the Winnipeg in, series? No, that, that was, was Boston. Boston. Yeah, it was, was Game Boston Five, nineteen. You did really right? good, Anthony. Just a wrong year, like by two years, but that's ty, fine. Tyler ty Green
4: bozak scored in game five uh last year against against the avalanche in colorado Mm -hmm. that's when nathan mckinnon scored then robert thomas scored and they went to
6: overtime yeah all right either way we got a walk off here so Mm. matt uh just to refresh your brain here on this one i'm gonna ask a question here a tiebreaker question do not answer. Anthony's going to write down his answer here. As soon as Anthony writes it down, mm-hmm. we're going to go to you, Matt, and I expect the answer quickly. Anthony's Sound really good at
4: these. I hate
6: uh, these. I'm good. Okay, Matt's ready. Anthony, are you ready?
5: Terrible at
6: these. Not pretty bad. Um Okay. Are you ready or not? Yes. Okay. Tiebreaker question here. In 57 regular season games, how many points did Connor Bedard have with the Regina Pats this past season? Ho! <laughs> How many? Fifty-seven games. Yep. This one's easy.
5: Oh man, this is easy. Yeah, right there, Jamie. I can't
6: see it. You got that, Marsh? Nice. Oh boy. All right, Matt. Anthony has written down his answer. What's your answer? Eighty-two. We got a winner here in the gauntlet. Matt.
3: You have chosen wisely.
6: No. All right. No. Nice job, Matt. Matt with 82. <laughs> Anthony, why don't you tell us what number you wrote down since you took it so seriously. Yeah, I went 69. Yeah, there we go. Grow up. That was, that was my first guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> Guys, he's a pretty good hockey player, which means he probably averaged over two points a game. The answer is what, Marshy? <laughs> One hundred and forty three. <laughs> One hundred and forty three. So, Matt, you won. Mm. Awesome. Ish. One hundred and forty three yeah.
5: isn't funny. is isn't funnier than 69. though.
6: No, it's not funnier. You're mm-hmm. right, Anthony. I'm glad you took it seriously, though. What's so funny about that number? Matt, funny about losing, Anthony. Matt laughed. Yeah, he won. Hey, I get your humor. Thanks, Matt. I mean, I get the humor, too, Matt, but I'd like to have a teammate that cares about winning. You know? I do. He's starting to sound like the Cardinals in here. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know who you know who you can
5: blame? Tyler Bozak.
6: Posey <laughs> <Bozy>, baby. Posey <laughs> baby. Hey, Anthony.
2: I've yeah. been keeping this a secret for years, but I think it's finally time to come clean. I don't like your attitude. Ah, boy. Hey. Truer words have never been for, spoken.
5: First and foremost, first and foremost. I'm sorry. Don't even say it. I won't no! I won't. I'm sorry. That you guys feel that way. Matt, congratulations, you'll be back tomorrow thanks all right see we'll see
4: guys, take care nice job Bye. there matt
6: could you not take it more seriously yeah no you didn't
4: you were laughing as
6: you yeah, wrote it, it was, you're acting
4: like, like this is some throwaway game
6: in like, rochester it's like yeah you're right you're right it's like third grade assignment 69. i <laughs> got two right we needed you on that one anthony you never know what happens here in the gauntlet. Matt picks up speed, and before you know it, we're handing out another damn trophy. Mm-hmm. That'd be three in one week.
5: I, two weeks. I know. I I was there. All right?
6: Disappointed in you. You know what, though, Anthony? Jamie's so
5: disgusted. I got two.
6: I'm disgusted in your lack of effort. The fact that you get it wrong is fine, Anthony. I can tolerate mm-hmm. you getting it wrong. I did it's put in effort. It's not caring that gets to me.
4: I don't think Anthony was going to win the, well, kind of the tiebreaker regardless. Your though.
6: children listen to this show on a daily basis. One, they won't know why 69's funny, but that's okay. They'll know their dad didn't try. Well, hold on. Nothing's, it's a shame.
5: Nothing's funny about 69. Do you know why I wrote down that number? It's a shame. Because your number was six
6: and mine was nine. Yeah. Oh, well, I. I do not want to be associated with you in any capacity. We have have pictures and everything. It's a Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Hopefully Anthony cares about something when we come back.
3: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. ESPN. so let's all open up our reading is fun
0: books to page
2: 69 69 <laughs> i drew the duck blue because i've never seen a blue duck before and to be honest with you i, I wanted to see a blue duck
0: well it's an excellent blue duck
7: congratulations that's
5: good support from miss lippy very good support that of course is billy madison chiming in on why he drew the duck blue
6: anthony Central Michigan. At any
5: age, yeah, <laughs> you could have won anything there. Absolutely. We get a C- text from,
4: <laughs> from Thanks Dad, who 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 put the the gif or the gif of Anthony said, might as well have drawn a blue duck <laughs> with that answer.
5: Mm-hmm. It's the fast lane. I want to one to ESPN. I was checking out scoops with Danny Mac, Danny Mac's website, and Bernie. Does an excellent job. Bernie Michaelis, of course, our former colleague here on 101 ESPN. He does an outstanding job, as always, of, of illustrating the, whether they're having success or, in this case, the struggles, illustrating why the Cardinals are struggling. But I was, le- I was reading one of his latest columns for Scoops with Danny Mac, and I was absolutely shocked when I read this. And I, we were in the office, in fact, and I said, Hey, Marsh, I'm going to put something... You know, I'm going to add, add it to our, our show doc. And I just waited. I waited until Marsh read it, too. And Marsh goes, and I quote, Oh, my God. <laughs> As Bernie writes, This season, the Cardinals ranked fifth in the majors in most money invested in starting pitching. What? But that's for the 26-man roster. I'll, I'll say it again. This season, the Cardinals ranked fifth in the In the majors, in most money invested in starting pitching. According to Track, St. Louis has allocated a higher percentage, 50.6%, of payroll on starting pitching than any team in the majors this season.
6: Oh, my God. How's that even possible?
5: Well, you're paying Wainwright what you're paying him. Michaelis is making, what, 17 or 18? Steven Matz technically would I I think I would I'm assuming yeah, but those that, three
6: guys right there total Max Scherzer or it's a percentage well, of your payroll but they're fifth but it's a percentage of your payroll. Right, this it's is not, they
5: rank fifth in the majors in most money invested in starting pitching.
6: But it's a per, based on the percentage of what it eats up of your payroll.
5: Well, that that's separate. This is so St. Louis has allocated a higher percentage of the of its payroll on starting pitching than any team in the majors. So that portion of it is the highest. They are so out of out of the huh. payroll. Yeah. So one hundred percent, right? Payroll. What, what what percentage is going to starting pitching? The Cardinals are highest in starting pitching at fifty point six percent. So they're allocating more money to their starting pitching than any so team in Major League surprising Baseball. Surprising to hear this. They're the fifth. Absolutely, I was shocked too. They're, they rank fifth in the majors in most money invested in starting pitching, and obviously the results are an absolute disaster. And Jesse Rogers joined us earlier today, Jamie, and he said something that that Bernie has illustrated. We've talked about this too. Fans have talked about it. When they eliminated the shift, how is that going to look for a starting rotation that, that's low on strikeouts and high on ground balls? Now, if you have a really good defense, and the Cardinals should have a really good defense, and will always look that way this season, but if you have a really good defense, keeping the ball on the ground is fine. Keeping the ball, keeping the ball on the ground eliminates you giving up home runs, which is important. But as Jesse Ro- as Jesse Rogers noted when he joined us earlier, unless you're pitching, do we have the cut? All right, perfect. We'll have Jesse Rogers say it himself. Here's here's Jesse Rogers on on ground ball, st- uh, like having a, a rotation that's mostly predicated on ground ball pitchers.
2: Well, look, the pitch to contact thing is great if the guy that's pitching is just on his game. Kyle Hendricks in 2016 pitched to contact and had a 2.16 ERA, but if that guy or that staff isn't completely on their game. They're exposed, and without the shift, you're exposed even more. I'm seeing in Chicago with Jamison Tyon, for example. Great pitcher, great contact pitcher, light contact. Well, when it doesn't exactly work your way, look what happens when you can't fall back on strikeouts. So the whole contact pitcher with great defense is awesome on paper, especially with a shift. Without the shift, and if your staff isn't completely on its game, this is what happens. So I'll, I'll still take the strikeout guy over the contact guy, Unless that guy is just having a Cy Young type year, and it doesn't feel like anybody in the Cardinals is even close to that.
5: Again, Jamie, I think in theory, like Jesse Rogers said, in theory, if those guys are on their game, it looks it looks like five miles Michaelis. The way Miles is pitching now, mm-hmm. obviously not not how he's pitching in April. Miles Michaelis doesn't rack up a, b- a bunch of strikeouts. He gave up ten hits the other night. Ten hits, two runs, or maybe it was only one run. I can't I can't remember what 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 the tally was. And obviously the Cardinals didn't hit. That was the problem in that game. But we're not just isolating one game here. But if you do have a bunch of ground ball artists, that's fine. I don't care. Are you getting outs? Are you pitching deep into games? Are you not giving up runs? And that is the thing that has eluded the Cardinals. Whether whether it's, you know, Adam Wainwright last night had, had, a bad, had a very bad inning in the second inning. Gave up all three of his runs. He's also, he's not getting, you know, through the sixth inning consistently. He has been mostly a five-and-dive guy. Jack Flaherty, because he can't, he can't stop walking people, he's been a five-and-dive guy. The ground ball pitcher, to me, I'm fine with it. You don't need all strikeout guys. It comes down to, what are you effective at? And while the last nine games have been very good for the Cardinals starters, as a whole, Jamie, hmm. the you. starting staff is not. Hasn't been pretty.
6: No. It it hasn't been at all, unfortunately. You're spending a buttload of money. Yeah, that's alarming to me. The more I I was poking around here on the interwebs um, while you were uh, talking there for a second, Anthony, and I don't know how I feel about this information now. Because if you're going to be a top five team in all of Major League Baseball as far as your payroll is concerned or whatever you've allocated towards your starting rotation – I feel like it should be way better than this. I don't care about the pitch-to-contact like you just said, yeah. whatever. If it's a pitch-to-contact guy, then he better do it. If it's a swing and miss, he better do that too. Mm-hmm. But it's just been a roller coaster ride. This rotation has been all over the place. The only consistency we've really seen is out of Miles Michaels recently. Jordan Montgomery's back to struggling a little bit. Uh, I don't know what we'll get out of Matthew Libertor tonight. Uh, Hopefully he finds a groove at the major league level. Adam Wainwright has cleaned some things up, but he still has the balloon innings where things just blow up. Uh, And he hasn't really found his game, at least not the Adam Wainwright-type game. Jack Flaherty's put three out of four starts together. He's been pretty pretty good. But, yeah, that's a lot of money to be spent on a staff that is a bunch of number threes and fours. right.
5: You're the fifth. Yeah, Jamie, you, you bring up a great point. You're the fifth highest in baseball in terms of what what you're investing in your starting pitching. You don't have an ace. You don't have a number or one. Or a number two. But Maybe Michaelis. Earlier today. Um, no, 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 not you, Jamie. The Cardinals. Oh. And, the, and when it comes to the pitchers. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. the, the pitchers get ranked one through five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't talking about you and some uh, things that you do before yeah. shows. Yeah.
6: Well, it's Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fine. It's the way things happen, Anthony. But no, you're right. They don't. They don't have an ace. They don't have a number one, and they're fifth in Major League Baseball and payroll. What does that ultimately? What does that tell us?
5: What it tells me is you're not. You're not good at, at when it comes to free agency. I think the larger point is you're not. You haven't been good in free agency.
6: So for me, I go right towards the front office. Yeah, and go that the route of you don't know how to evaluate what you have, and I don't mean from a performance base, you don't know how to price your items that you're buying, Mm -hmm. right? So it's just like a company that has a uh, very average product, but they price it as top of the line. Usually those companies don't end up selling that product very well. What happens? They have to drop the price in order to hit their target market. Mm
7: -hmm.
6: This is what's happened to the Cardinals. They've paid too much for an average product. How the hell do you do that when you're a team that is as savvy business-wise as tight with dollar bills as the cardinals are the uh the cardinal way of we'll just pick up whomever a depth piece and make them great again Mm -hmm. we don't spend in free agency the cardinals team all of these things how have you done this to yourself how have you paid too much for an average product
5: I think it's mostly two guys. If we take a step back, it's Steven Matz, number yeah. one. Yeah. And it's the circumstance of having a legend that you want to make sure that in his final year...
6: I don't it, think you needed to pay Adam Wainwright $17.5 million. I don't I'm think sorry. so either,
5: Jamie. I don't think so either. But this, Even if he asked you ask for how, it, you didn't have to. You, you're you right. You ask how, th- this is how. Steve, Steven Matz... It has been a terrible investment from a starting pitching standpoint. Mm-hmm. And Adam Wainwright has not pitched well. Now, last night, he pitched like a fifth starter. And all he, all he is right now is a fifth starter. But Miles Michaelis is the only guy in this, this rotation that's making money. Outside of Wainwright and Steven Matz, who, again, I know he's in the bullpen now, but we're talking about allocating money toward the starting pitching. Steven Matz, you're, you're paying him like a starter. This is how you get to this point.
6: Yeah, but that, again, then it doesn't matter how you got here. You got here. That's what I'm saying. So, as a business in the the, the baseball world, you priced your items wrong. Correct. And, so, you, and you bought the wrong items. So, to me,
5: you have to you have to actually spend more to correct the issue.
6: Oh, absolutely. Because you need more. You're going to have to take the loss before you see the profit.
5: Yes, and you're going to have you're going to have to spend more for certainty. Now, I realize it's just like Jacob DeCrom, You're paying just because you pay a guy. Buku box, and he's got a, he's got two Cy Youngs on his resume. Doesn't mean he's going to stay healthy. Yeah, but Jacob he, Degrom is on is is having Tommy John surgery now. But for the Cardinals, Jamie, you're going to have to you're going to have to go top shelf here
6: because you can't price. Yeah, got to be smart. But Jamie, like, I never point, would have signed Degrom for that money. Fair and and Degrom, De, okay, Degrom using, is just one example. But I'm using it as an example.
5: Okay, fair. What I'm saying with the Cardinals, just a general a, an overview here. You to your point, you you don't know how to pre- you don't know what the mid shelf is supposed to cost. You're buying you but you're buying at the mid shelf saying, "Yeah, you know what? This is going to be fine." It's not fine. It tastes like crap. They should have got Marcus Stroman a few years ago. Maybe? Sure. Yes. That's just my opinion. But is Marcus Stroman top shelf for you? So I'm I'm saying it to correct the issue now because you can't you can't figure out uh, say for Miles Michaelis a couple years ago when he when he was pitching in Japan, you, you cannot figure out the mid market. The Cardinals have been living in the mid market.
6: Well, they better they figure, figure something out. out for next season because you've got Miles Michaelis. That's it. That's all you have. I know you have Steven Matz, but he's in the bullpen right now. Didn't look very good last year or this year. So you have Miles Michaelis. That's gonna give you a lot of extra money out there to go find some guys. I don't know who those guys are, though, because they're not out there. Mm -hmm. The free agency market's not going to be flooded with aces and number ones, and there's no guarantee the ace of the number one wants to come to St. Louis when they look at the rest of the rotation and go, okay, we might be good on my days, but woof.
4: I'd take Marcus Stroman. I mean, he's 6-4 and right now this year, 2.39 ERA, 79 innings pitched. He started 13 games. Uh, just threw a complete game, shut out against the Rays on the 29th of May. Only walked one guy, struck out eight. I'd take that pitcher. Uh, I
5: think we'd, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well,
4: he was available a couple of summers ago. Or a couple of winters ago. He was, if he wanted to pitch for you. And maybe he did. Well, I think he was tweeting about wanting to pitch for the Cardinals. Well, you blew it then, Marsh. I don't know what to tell you, okay? You blew it. I could be, I could be wrong. Maybe my you, my my you memory is you shot right him, now. But you I,
5: Stephen I swear he did. It's a it was a bad decision. Okay, it's a bad call. Hindsight's twenty twenty, Anthony. As a, I as get it, say. the finches were a bad idea, and some of them may have had salmonella. Okay, I get it, Marsh. All right, PGA Tour or World Tour merge with Live Golf. Is this a good thing? We'll talk about it next on 101 ESPN.
3: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
5: So the big national news is something that Marsh just talked about. It's the fact that... The PJ Tour, the World Tour, are going to unify. They're going to merge with Live Golf. They announced that earlier today. They've been uh, battling in a legal fight now for a while, Jamie. Oh, yeah, there have been all sorts
6: of more lawsuits
5: back and forth. Yep, but they've agreed to unify and move forward in a larger commercial business, according to various sources, such as ESPN.com. Do you think that this...
6: Let me ask you this. Yeah, go ahead. Do you know why ultimately? And here is my my thought on this. Mm-hmm. But do you know why both entities all of a sudden the way reached you, out with an olive branch?
5: The way you say "all of a sudden" all of a sudden uh, would lead me to believe that I need to have a more specific answer. But I was going to give. I was going to go with the more general money,
6: okay, profits,
5: but. I, I'm probably right, church, wrong, pew. Um,
6: um, y- y- uh, there's money involved, okay? Do you know what has to happen when there's antitrust lawsuits filed back and forth?
5: No, but okay. I'll ask my lawyer later today. All
6: right. Well, I'll help you out with that, okay? Um, is both entities have to open up the books and disclose all the revenue and all that stuff. And ordinarily... Uh, Companies of such magnitude would rather not have their numbers go public Mm. for a myriad of reasons, whether it's something that's inconsistent, heaven forbid, I can't imagine the PGA Tour has done something shady and I'm not even, uh, I'm not even insinuating that, but their players, their organization, their members will get to see everything. It becomes public knowledge and live golf guys the saudi arabian money i don't know what they've got going on over there not again i'm not assuming anything um malicious or or negative i'm just saying that i believe both entities got on the phone and said okay how do we play nice Mm -hmm. and they made a new organization basically and they put the saudi arabian guy in charge of it and the pga guys right under him it's one big happy family and the antitrust lawsuits are all gone
5: interesting so basically what you're saying is in order to have um compromise and unity Mm. both people need to uh how do i put this both people have to have something to lose
6: correct yeah
5: that is a brilliant take, Jamie.
6: So, I believe that is the number one reason. I don't believe it was to grow the game of golf and to yeah. make everybody one big happy family they sell it that way, yeah. but, yeah. No, and also can't forget that the PGA is supposed to be a not-for-profit 501c3 organization. Hmm. I bet you there's some profit there somewhere. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Anyways, again, I'm not, I'm not insinuating any of that. I just know that um, I think that that was a big part in this. What's frustrating if you're a PGA player, though, and BT brought it up to the top of the show, was can you imagine being one of those guys who dug your heels in and, like, it is PGA or bust. Those guys are traders. I don't all right. like all that blood money. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't care. He signed for $125 million. I'm fine making my 1.5 here for next tournament. Imagine those guys No.
7: Mm.
6: All those guys went off and got paid. And now they're going to be playing in all the PGA Tour events again. Now they're literally under the same umbrella. And they're talking about how they're going to have to negotiate and figure out how that works, how they get worked back in. There is no figuring it out. Right. Both entities are now one, which means all the members from each uh, organization, from from either one, is now under one umbrella. Yeah. So there might be some dotting of the I's and crossing of the T's, but there's no money that's given back. So if you're Rory McIlroy, you look over at Phil Mickelson... And you were pissed off then. How mad are you now? Right. I actually think this adds to a little more drama and flair to the next year of golf, anyways. I
5: I hope, I hope that there's some some big rivalries
6: that I want are fights curved. on the green. So do
5: I. Yeah.
6: Phil might do it.
5: You, you got to put down the club, though. All right. Why? You got to put down the no, club.
6: If you can get it out of my hand, that's fine. <laughs> Fair. Okay. So I, I'm uh, in. So I told um, Bob Probert one time. You want to fight me, and I said, "You can get the stick out of my hands. I'll fight you. <laughs> nah, I'm. Otherwise, I'm going to carve your face up like Zorro. I don't care. I'll take the suspension rather than the beating. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> That's a side note, Anthony. Either way, I, I think like it. it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting because look at the last yeah. couple tournaments, the Masters and then the Championship, where you had live golf people, Brooks Kepka in particular. Right at the top of the leaderboard, and he wins the PGA Championship. A live golfer won the PGA Championship. Right, there's drama there, and he damn near won the
4: Masters too.
6: He mm. did. He, he kind of fumbled it. that last round mm. a little bit, mm. but Phil Mickelson charged up the leaderboard at the Masters. So another live golfer that made headlines. So, anyways, I just think it's it's weird how this just popped up. How PGA golfers were yeah, on it's, social media it's so quick. Ba- no, but even the, the PGA golfers are like, I I turned on my phone and this has happened.
5: Right. Yeah, Colin Morikawa. said, I love finding out morning news on Twitter. Yeah. And everyone thought yesterday was going to be the longest day in golf. Wow. Anyways. Well, uh, good luck to you. I, I agree with you, though, Jamie. I hope that there, there has this natural rivalry that emerges now from some of these guys and say, I didn't take the money. And now they're ticked off and they're playing ticked off. And, mm-hmm. you know, somebody takes a four, four iron off the side of the face. No, that's too much. I went too far.
6: Maybe you say no head contact with yeah, the club. Yeah. Or knee. You know, that's Ah, you know what? No, I'm fine with that. You block it with your club. Now we've got a sport.
5: So you have to Yeah, we're basically got mm, the fencing. Sword fighting. Fence yeah. Well
6: Sword fighting. Hmm. Fencing's different though. Is it?
5: Yeah. Okay. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. We do have our sports six-pack coming up in about 15 minutes. So if you've got a question for us, 314-399-9646, the Air Comfort Service text line, text in, and uh, we'll have your question answered. Sports six-pack coming up again in about 10 or 15 minutes. If you were hoping that the Cardinals were going to get a starting pitcher from the south side of Chicago, you may have been disappointed with what Jesse Rogers said, or at least uh, in sticker shock. That's next on 101 ESPN. (laughs) Jesse Rogers of ESPN joined us earlier today and one of the questions that we had from him for him was Cardinals going to need pitching as we know if they're still in it at that point. Wow. The White Sox. You're not wrong Anthony. The White Sox might have pitching. In fact they have young pitching but my question to Jesse was if the White Sox have good or at least promising starting pitching and they're looking to rebuild why are you going to give up the good young starting pitching. Here's what Jesse Rogers had to say.
2: I think what I'm hearing is basically, look, if you're a free agent and you're having a bad season as a team, you're you're likely to be moved. And that, that applies to Giolito and Clevenger, really. To trade Kopech or Cease is a bigger conversation within the team. It's a it's a philosophical move within the team. Okay, we're changing direct, directions completely. So it's two different categories here. I have little doubt that if things continue as is with the White Sox, Giolito – And in a smaller way, Clevenger could be on the move. Actually, Clevenger's pitched okay. But certainly, Giolito is not re-signing here. He's just not. So I always say this about executives, and I think they feel this way as well. If your summer is going to be that bad in the standings, you better uh, find something positive out of it, and that comes on July 31st.
5: So again, that was Jesse Rogers. He covers the White Sox and the Cubs for ESPN. He covers all all of baseball, but, but his main focus is on the Chicago teams. So he would have intimate knowledge about how the White Sox might be thinking. For those that might remember, Lucas Giolito was part of the trade that sent uh, Lopez. It was Giolito. Ronaldo Lopez and Dane Dunning to the White Sox, and Dane Dunning, the Cardinals are gonna to face tonight, in fact, for Adam Eaton. So that was that was a big trade or big ish trade back in 2016, and the White Sox netted in that deal Lucas Giolito. He was he was the prize piece. Now at twenty seven, he really hasn't turned into the top end starter that the White Sox were hoping to have. But he is also a free agent. He's twenty eight, he's not having uh, a great year metric wise but if you're a standard numbers guys guy it's 4.8 4. is the ERA so it's not bad 4.08 4. I should say he also continued though Jamie and I don't rem- I can't remember specifically if it was Giolito that he was talking about and I'm pretty sure it was
6: it was it was Giolito what the cost of doing business would be yeah. yeah
5: the White Sox and any team would ask this so this is this is nothing new but any team would ask Jordan Walker and then he also mentioned, he goes, well, the Cardinals are unlikely to do that. Well, how about Mason Wynn? Because Tim Anderson, the White Sox shortstop, he, you know, he, he won't be there maybe in a, in a year or two. You, r- you really want to give up Mason Wynn for Lucas Giolito? No, I'm
6: not. I'm not giving up either of those guys. But this is why the situation the Cardinals in is horrible.
5: That's going to be the price. Whether it's Giolito or somebody else, starting pitching always costs more than you think. At the trade deadline. Well, in offseason, too. But this is the problem. You're right, Jamie. This is the this is the worst case scenario. It is. It's going to be another seller's market, just like it has been. And yes, there's going to be starting pitching available. Sometimes we get yelled at. It's like, oh well, great. Okay, just you're you're holding the Cardinals' mail again. I guess there's nobody available. No, we're not saying there's going to be nobody available. It's just you're not going to like who they wind up with. Well, and what do you if you're hoping for an ace?
6: Yeah, and, and also the the part two of that question is. Are you going to be happy with what you give up? Right. Because if you're trading away Mason Wynn or Jordan Walker for Lucas Giolito, no, it's a, no. Like that's a that's a no go for me. It's a non starter. No matter what you think of Jordan Walker right now and his up and down so far this he's 21 years old and he's got an incredibly promising future for Lucas Giolito, who's on the last year of his deal, might not even resign here. But this is the predicament the Cardinals are in. This is the worst case scenario. Like, of all. Is they're going to have to overpay for average.
5: Mm-hmm. Which is what they've been doing in the offseason. Or they're going to n-
6: they're gonna have to do nothing. yes, Anthony, And just go get some bullpen help and hope for the best. I honestly start, I'm starting to think that that's exactly what they're going to do. Yeah, They're going to go get a bullpen arm or two. Shorten up the games like you've talked about give you full credit for that. You've talked about it. And because I just don't see this organization parting with some of the prospects that are really promising for a rental Mm -hmm. of some kind or another number three pitcher. Like honestly, even as a Cardinals fan, that doesn't make sense to me. Right. I'd rather ride it out with what we have and then get busy in the offseason trying to fix some of the mistakes i've made in the past Mm -hmm. so that looks more and more like the direction they're going to go and i it's not that i thought you were wrong when you were saying this i just was more optimistic of well there's going to be somebody out there that you can go get there's got to be something out there yeah there really isn't going to be unless you're willing to overpay right and that's just bad business all over again
5: you know what type of buyer the Cardinals are, so we're we're all different buyers, right? We all kind of fall into different categories. Mm. The impulse buyer—you're
6: going to find it hard to believe, Anthony. Yeah, I'm an impulse buyer.
5: <laughs> With the way that you have a couple of bourbons and start shopping on Amazon, I can't believe you're saying that. Yeah, but there's Amazon roulette. There's the impulse buyer. I see it. I buy it. That's what I. I either want it or I, I need it. I'm not going to shop around. It's just I. I need to get this done. Boom. Then there is the buyer that is only going to look for the cheap. All right, I I want the I'm, I'm only look I don't care what the product is. I don't care if the 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 brand name I can't pronounce. I've never heard of it. As long as it's cheap, that's that's the route I'll go. Now a lot of people feel like the Cardinals are probably in that category. I don't mm-hmm. think they are. I think they're in the category of the buyer that knows it needs something, and then price shops. And waits so long, mm-hmm. trying to find the best <laughs> price and the best that it and it waits so long, <laughs> never makes the decision or settles for like the middle of the road. Like, eh, it's not too expensive. It's also not, you know, I can also, I, I've heard of this company. I'll buy that. And then they wind up in a spot where they still need that thing, you know, a year later. Mm-hmm. That's or, where I feel like the Cardinals.
6: Or they are. buy that product, it falls apart, so they got to buy it again because they didn't buy the right one. They should have just right. bucked up and bought the good one.
5: Yes. Yeah. They're not the impulse buyer. They're mm. not the completely cheap buyer. They're not the I'm going to impress everybody by just spending big. I don't care how much it costs. They are that I can't make a decision. Right. now. Mm, let me think here. Let me shop around for a little bit. Let me yeah. sh- let me just let me keep shopping.
4: They need to be the smart shopper. I know that sounds super basic. Doesn't exist. It's a unicorn. The shopper that goes to the store and is like, you know what? I don't actually need, like, all of these products. Like, if I see something and I like it, I'm not the impulse buyer. I don't immediately buy it. I think about it. I'm like, do I need this product? If I do, then I'm going to go ahead and get the best version of that product. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not going to go get a different product to where then I need to come back and get it again. Right, Like, like you guys just said, I'm going to get the best product, the most durable product. That way I don't have to come back here. And if I go there and I see a really shiny object, I'm like, ooh, that looks really cool. I think it would look cool if, if I had that product, but at the end of the day... I don't need that product and we see a lot of teams do this they just yeah. buy or they buy a product they they get a player because it's the the big name player mm-hmm. if you don't need that player then you don't you don't need to necessarily you don't need know, to invest, get, you don't yeah. need to invest. Yeah. And,
5: and they got dollars allocated to a player you don't
4: need the the problem that I have is that it looks like they will need to go purchase a you know get get a new pitcher multiple pitchers in the offseason the problem is is their track record's been horrible well i'm sure i don't trust that they'll get the right person
5: well i'm sure they'll shop around the wait. they'll be patient wind up with absolute crap that's the fast lane on 101 espn sports six back is next
3: we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn I have a question. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately.
1: Asking me all these
3: weird
7: questions.
3: Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports 6-Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years.
5: Sports six back here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. Yeah, you need your uh, your headphones on,
4: Jamie. Yeah,
6: I put my glasses on instead right. of my headphones.
5: Yeah, that won't help you with hearing. By
4: what? the way, uh the, the listeners obviously they they can't see us, but you have new Glasses, correct. Oh baby, a little
6: doohickey on your phone. So I finally got a new phone. My kids and my girlfriend have been bothering me for oh I don't know a year and a half now. Had the iPhone eight, Anthony, and mm. I refused to part with it because boy, I like that. I like that little home button. Yeah. And I'd figured out everything finally. Well, it just stopped charging and. Uh, Although I tried to put it in my air fryer like you did, Anthony, Uh, or on top of it, that's right. On top of it, yeah. Uh, It didn't work. So I got a new phone, and then I uh, was on Amazon. Talk about impulse buys. Uh (laughs) I've got this little thing on the back of my phone, Anthony. It sticks there, okay? In that thing is a little wee pair of reading glasses that you just pull the little readers out, plop them on the end of your honker like that. It's got plenty of real estate for those things on this nose, that's for sure they sit a little crooked though because you know yeah, nose isn't very true. straight but boy am i happy about it yeah you are i was showing it off to my kids and they're like you're absolutely embarrassing right now like you're really happy about this you are though but i am like you know how many times i go to a restaurant mm. and then i can't see the menu and all these places like they love the atmosphere right the ambiance let's darker dim, let's yeah. dim the lights
7: mm. yeah, i can't see up
6: with that i'm that donkey that's got the flashlight out on my menu <laughs> It's embarrassing. It's like
5: blinding the guy over at yeah. over at the next table, a couple over at the next table.
6: And then I don't want to, like, hang the glasses from, like, my shirt. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't feel like I look all that great at that right. point. You're at a nice restaurant, maybe you got a collared shirt on, you mm-hmm. get some set of glasses hanging there. Yeah, where are you going to hang the napkin? You know? Yeah, It's a good sure. point, Andrew. Yeah. Good yeah. It's a really good point. It's why I never wore the glasses there, and then I couldn't see anything. And then the bill comes, and I still can't see. I've got to slide it over. So that my girlfriend can sign it for me because I can't read what the hell's going on. Well, now, Anthony, now I can. Mm. With my new phone and my new readers, I'm all set.
5: Congratulations, Jamie. It's Thank a big, day. No, it are th-
6: th- are big custom, day. Are those
4: custom? Are those customized? I know. That, to was, fit that out, was my. Fit around the
5: nose? That was
4: my question, too. Well, are, are they like hockey skates where you, you bake them in and you. No, you know, see,
6: they got, they're very flexible, right? Oh, wow. So, for the average nose, it probably just slides on like this. Yeah. For this thing, this baked potato on my face, he um, just gets right on there. Boy, is it! That's such wow. a great invention. I can see everything. You now. need
4: a rocking chair right now. Did you put
5: your prescription say- in? Is that is that what you did for <laughs> nah, that puppy? No, they're just
6: readers, Anthony. They're okay. just like magnifying glasses. All right. I'm not <laughs> blind. I just can't read the little print. All right, fair enough. You know what else I ended up doing, guys? Which this is kind of embarrassing. I thought I'd never do it, but I don't care anymore because I'm getting older and I just don't care about certain things. Absolutely. As I made the font bigger on my phone, so <laughs> I'm that guy now. Pulls it up and it's like a billboard in my hand. <laughs> You're gonna hand it over. Oh look at the read this. We're like, Whoa! My kids are like, I can read that yeah. from across the room. Like, <laughs> good, then you see what I just wrote about you. Go to bed. No dinner. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Sorry, guys. Question number one. Well, we're in
4: trouble. You know what? Speaking of uh, glasses and whatnot, and, Jamie, you mentioned your phone, which is an Apple phone. Have you guys seen the new Apple Vision Pro? They look like oh, ski yeah. goggles. They
6: too. <laughs> and it's like
4: virtual reality right in front of your face as you put these ski goggles on.
6: Yeah, it's and got starting these, off
4: with like thirty five hundred dollars.
5: Is it for it to watch? Are you talking about like to watch TV and movies and stuff like that? Anything, anything, okay. anything,
6: and you can. Or is it uh, a video game thing? No, anything.
5: Yeah,
6: oh. and it creates like a theater. Like if you want to sit there, that that's gonna be weird, right? Imagine that you're yeah. like sitting in a room that doesn't have a television, mm-hmm. and you're watching a movie with like popcorn, just staring at a blank wall. Yeah, that is, yeah that's weird. I yeah, but apparently you know it it. Merges the AI world with the real world too, mm. so you can program it to where like you're walking around your home, and it's your home that you can see, but there's like palm trees in the corner and like the beach, like the ocean. It's wacky stuff. I don't know if I like that. I don't I know that, either. Yeah. I feel like I mean, it's, it's just like a big I don't know. acid it's trip or something. giving me like
4: iRobot. It's like, like hey, vibes. L- I don't know. I don't like AI. I'm not gonna lie. Even not more, a big AI. Allen
6: Iverson was a hell of a well, player. I like yeah. him,
4: even though he didn't like practice, but. Mm. Yeah. You know those uh, artificial intelligence. Maybe it's just because it's smarter than me. Maybe that's why I envy it. No, but I feel like it could take over the world. I don't oh. know. Could I just think, be me.
5: No, I think it will at some point. I don't. Think, I don't think you're wrong about that, Marsh. But uh, as long as we tell uh, the AI, you know, hey, we always knew you'll do you do this one day. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, maybe we can join their team. You know, I don't know.
4: Maybe they're gonna need helpers. Maybe. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll give them a call. Maybe we'll give them a call like, uh, you know, like Draymond Green called Kevin Durant. was right. like, hey, we need you to join our team. Yeah. Marsh. I'm just saying. Look how that turned out.
5: If we continue to talk positively about the AI, they'll lose sure. us. For sure. Well, they're definitely listening. Yep. All the time.
4: Question number two. All right. To some sports. Uh, from the 314, why not trade Goldschmidt for prospects since other teams' prospects have to be better than the Cardinals' prospects?
5: Okay. Sounds good. Uh, if you're going to do that, I'd also trade Nolan Arnato I mean, you might as well just completely do it. If you, want to, if you want to do the rebuild thing, go for it. Right, Jamie?
6: Absolutely. Trade them all. Get rid of everything. You I'm still serious. If, you, if you're if you going to do the rebuild
5: thing, I mean, really do the rebuild rebuild thing. Re-bi- why am I saying that weird? I don't know. You've had some re- problems today. Build.
4: Sounds like curated.
6: Curated. You know, I've had a lot of migraines lately. Maybe that
4: thing with the pool, the side of the pool, I...
6: You do not have a migraine no, I, today. No, so I don't. Don't even go there.
5: No, but I'm saying
6: like I it's, would give it's, it to you if you head had head one today.
5: It's a head. Boy, would that.
6: I give it to you. But today you don't have a migraine, so I can't give it to you. This is just me. Oh, the fact that you're stumbling. Your yes, yeah. of
0: course.
5: Okay. So you're saying there's a problem. Problem's just me. Yeah. Well done. Okay. I got that. I got that at least. If you're gonna do a full rebuild, Marsh, you go all the way in. Mm. You don't just. You don't just go half in. What's yeah. the point of that? You got to go all the way in.
4: I heard halfway. Halfway might be better.
6: No, it <laughs> no, ends
5: up, it, it wind no.
6: It, it ends up where the result you think is the same, but it's, it's not, not interesting. interesting.
5: It's not That's what I was told. And you wind up doing. You wind up going all the way in as it is. You know, yeah. usually you're if you're like, willing half, to go halfway, halfway in, yeah, you might as well go. You might as well go all Most of
6: sure. the time, you're willing to go all the way in at that point. Okay.
4: hmm mm-hmm. All right. I'm glad we cleared that up. Mm-hmm. Question number three. From the 636, since the Flyers seem to be in fire sale mode, what do you guys think about trading for Travis Konechny?
6: Well, I like that deal. The problem that you're going to run into with Travis Konechny, and, and it's via the trade especially, is the amount of cap space that he's going to require. Travis Konechny right now is $5.5 million. That's more than you have. According to what Jr. has talked about, you're going to have about four million in cap space at the end of all this. Well, this is five point five. You'd have to have um, an ancillary deal that is, go- or another player that would be headed to Philadelphia. But if Philadelphia is in rebuild mode, they're probably not going to want your uh, your baggage. They're going to want a young player, a prospect, or you know, a, a draft pick of some kind. Would I part with a Zachary Bolduc, maybe? Possibly. But then where are you getting the cap space? I mean, Travis connectney fits right into that area that Doug Armstrong is coveting. He's 26 years old, coming off a career year. He's gritty. He's fast. He's a good goal scorer. Um, you know, unfortunately, he only has one more year. Um, after this upcoming season. So he's under contract for the 23-24 season and the 24-25. So you'd have an opportunity to possibly re-sign him before a free agency. But, yeah, I would make the deal. I just don't know how you get under the cap. I guess you'd have to find somebody to pick up, like I said, your baggage, which may, that might be harder. Would you say the same thing for
4: Alex DeBrinkett? Because I know his name's been yeah, floated I out there from some fans.
6: I would rather have Travis connect me. To be honest, Uh, Alex Debrinkit has had a higher ceiling at times as far as goal scoring is concerned, but he's not a real 200 foot player. He's not a gritty guy. I feel like this team needs a Travis Connect Me type player. And and, uh, quite honestly, Debrinkit, if we just go to his cap friendly real quick, I I think he's substantially more. I think he's around 6
4: million. Yeah. Maybe a little over.
6: So Alex Debrinkit, um, well, he's a restricted free agent right now, so that's why his name is on the trading block. But, yeah, it was $6.4 million. So you're paying more for a less well, less rounded player. I'd rather go with me.
4: Question number four. From the 573, a friend told me that after Giancarlo Stanton was traded, the cards inquired about Christian Yelich, and the Marlins said no. Is this a true story, and regardless if it is or not, what would that trade have looked like, and how would the Cardinals look today because of it? I don't know what the trade would look like, but yes, it's true.
5: The Cardinals first inquired about Giancarlo Stanton. They worked out a deal with the Marlins, but it depended on, it was pending, John Carlos Stanton agreeing to it. He wanted to go to one of the four remaining teams from the year prior. So one of those teams was the Yankees. The the Cardinals were not the only team that he said, thank you, but no thank you. The Giants are the other team. Then the Cardinals pivoted. They said, okay, John Carlos Stanton doesn't want to play in St. Louis. He wanted to go to the East Coast, be be a Yankee. Fine. What about Christian Yelich? Christian Yelich was still part of the Marlins rebuilding plan. They wanted to keep him. So they said, okay. Then they got to Marcel Ozuna, who was coming off a very good year, including a gold glove somehow. Mm. Had a very good year. And they said, What about Ozuna? And they said, sure. And that's how you got the deal going to Miami. And Miami had an opportunity to pick certain players. And that's how it works with most major league baseball trades. Like here's you can you can choose, you know, two players from this list, one player from this list. Mm-hmm. The the Marlins, good for them. They wound up Taking Sandy Alcantara and Jack Allen as part of that deal. I don't know what the deal would have been for Christian Yelich. I have no idea. But what happened after that was Christian Yelich knowing that Stanton was gone and Ozuna was gone and seeing the writing on the wall said, I want out. He demanded a trade and the Marlins traded him the freaking Brewers. So, <sighs> And we were stuck with Marcel Ozuna from the Braves. <laughs> That's correct.
6: Gold Glover, by the
5: way. It was, it was just, you know, it was unfortunate. Like it was Stanton Christian not respect. choosing them. It was unfortunate that they gave up what they did for Ozuna, and it was just dumb luck that the timing of it all led to Christian Yelich being a Milwaukee Brewer.
4: Just all around, Jamie. I wonder if, uh, let's just say Stanton does end up coming to St. Louis. I wonder if they still end up choosing Alcantara and Gallon, or if there's like... Oh, I'm
6: sure. Or, or do you think? Oh, I think there might have been more. It, it probably, <laughs> well, that's
4: what, yeah, that's what might I'm be saying. Do you think maybe there's other players that there's like a tier system? Yes. And they would have picked maybe some of these guys instead of those two. I don't. I don't know.
5: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there was probably another tier that was added
4: onto that. And what? And if if Stanton was a Cardinal, would we care? because he would have signed a, a long-term extension I believe he had the contract already oh that's I right that's, be, that's I you, op, without,
6: you were acquiring right? that yeah. contract
4: yes that's right so the deal was already in place um, but I wonder if Cardinal fans would be not as upset if he would have stayed
5: I know we have to break but I gotta I got to check out what, what the uh, Yankees gave up for Stan so just hang tight with me I gotta All go players. to one of our sources I know his players Jamie well said yep I'm looking more for specifics here uh, we're going to a very short segment mm. coming up. Giancarlo Stanton was traded uh, to the Yankees for Starlin Castro. What? Jorge Guzman and Jose Devers. Yikes. So, I, oh. that. Oh.
4: oh, my God.
5: Now, I don't know. I don't know if they wound up being, you know, if those two players were, you know, big time prospects at the time. I don't know. But so the Marlins. Got more for oh, Marcelo geez. Zuna than John Carlos Stan.
4: Oh man, I wish we. Didn't, I wish you didn't look that up. It Me too. just ruined my day, to be honest.
6: I purposely didn't pay attention because I didn't need that misery in my life. Mm. Well,
4: you got more misery coming up tonight at Globe Life
5: Field. We'll tell you why next on 101 ESPN.
6: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented
3: by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
5: That's Atlanta 101 ESPN. Tonight, the Cardinals look to end their losing streak against the Texas Rangers. Dane Dunning will take the mound for... Double D. Double D. D- we call him around here, yeah, Anthony. no doubt. Dane Dunning will take the mound for Texas. Matthew Libertor will take the mound for the Cardinals. And, of course, Matthew Libertor is still trying to earn a spot, which I don't disagree with. But, you know, he's been better than Steven Matz. Who? Matthew Libertor. Oh yeah, so he's got the spot. You know, in my eyes, he's three and zero with a two four five ERA in five games, including three starts uh, for St. Louis. On the road, he's zero and three with a seven nine zero ERA in seven games, including six starts. So on the road, Matthew Libertor has been blown up. The def- the uh, he
6: had one start on the
5: road. No lifetime.
6: Oh, yeah, I meant this. I'm like, yeah, no, but no, no, he's Blake's just it. one game.
5: No, he's he's 0 and, he's 0 three with a 7-9-0 ERA, well, seven games that. including six starts. I
6: don't count anything except for what's been going on this year, especially with a young player.
5: Okay, all right, take it easy over there. I just I gave the numbers to you. you have to act all crazy like. I'm not big start for him though, because Texas Texas has got a, a loaded lineup, and Wayne right outside of one inning did okay. He did fine. He pitched like a fifth starter. Matthew Libertor, is it is it unfair to say Matthew Libertor needs to needs to like take a next step and really grab hold of a rotation spot? Because that's where I feel like we are with Matthew Libertor. And forget the Randy Rosarina trade. I don't care about that. I mean I do, but at this point with Libertor. It.
6: It's already it's happened. So it, now you might as well hopefully see the young prospect that you traded for come to fruition. Exactly.
5: Yeah. It it's it happened. It's a bet it's a horrible deal. I get it, I'm not, at some point we have to move forward. It would be nice to move forward knowing that you did get a starter. You got a a three, a four, just a starting pitcher in that deal. Because if you did, it lessens the blow of what you gave up. Lessens.
6: I don't know if any pitcher. I'd like it to be. Oh, I don't know, maybe a top three in your rotation. Right, but I'd I'm, feel I'd feel a little better about that before we get the
5: text and we get it from one person specifically. But before we get the text, what I'm saying is I'm not comparing that. Like, for, let's we have to move on from that damn trade. Oh no, that person checked out already.
4: Yeah, he punched didn't out. Like, didn't like. Yeah, punched out. Didn't like the golf talk. Punched out.
5: He's gone. We so we talked. Oh my, really? Yeah, so punched like Anthony, out already. We, we had. You know,
6: we, I've said that before to a certain person. Um, holy smokes in my life we've talked to all cardinals all day today we had the gauntlet the golf and that's it yeah one one hockey segment but Anthony this is actually positive okay hear me out I said this these exact words to somebody in my life a long time ago when they weren't talking to me wouldn't speak to me yeah I said hey honestly what is it that I said that has made you this mad There was no answer. Then I got a little bit of an answer. I said, well, good. Now I know exactly what to say to you when I don't want to speak to you. (laughs) So the lesson here, Anthony, if you Mm -hmm. look beyond all that, the lesson here is Mm -hmm. if we get tired of certain Mm individual, we just talk golf.
4: Mm -hmm. We get Tim McKernan on.
6: They go away.
5: You know? Yeah. Oh, Tim McKernan will never be on this this show after what he pulled yesterday. Mm. What did he pull?
6: Oh, that. Yeah. The Rizzuto show.
4: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, him and his sidekick.
5: Mm hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, what we're talking, yeah. So, I'm not comparing the two trades or I'm not comparing the trade. And we're done with that. Just pitch well. We need a, the Cardinals need a a starter now and next year. So, let's just see him pitch well. I'm tired of talking about Randy Rosarina. One Why of the, are you still talking about One that? of the many bad trades, Jamie. Nice, I'm, I'm tired done tired. talking about Randy Rosarino. Well, I'm not, Doug. <laughs> so Dane Dunning, How am I supposed Luchart to support
6: tonight. this team when they're trading away great prospects? Oh, that's not the only one they've traded away. <laughs> No, we got a whole
5: list. If you're really looking for it. Uh, here's your lineup tonight. Brendan Donovan starting in left field. He's your leadoff hitter. Paul Goldschmidt is playing first and hitting second. Nolan Gorman hitting third, playing second. Nolan Arnato is your cleanup hitter. He's playing third. Wilson Contreras is behind the dish. He's your fifth hitter. Alec Burleson is your DH. He's hitting sixth. Paul DeYoung is your shortstop. He's hitting seventh. Jordan Walker back in right. He's hitting eighth. And Tommy Edmond is your center fielder tonight. Your center fielder
4: tonight, as uh, he bats ninth. What's the uh, problem tonight? We had to put some, uh, you know, some stock okay, into so this we've, tonight's game.
5: Yeah, we had we had, we had fundamentals last night. Yeah. Base base running. But should
4: we spin the wheel?
5: We should spin the wheel. Do you have the wheel up? and just put pitching. Can we do starting pitching, bullpen? Give me a second. Defense, base running. And what, man, managing? Well, how many things are you putting on the damn wheel, Anthony? That's what I'm asking. We're starting with this.
7: You well, know, Jamie, you if ra-
5: Jamie, if you're not going to be part of the solution, then get out. All right? You can't just be critical all the time.
6: Really? Okay. I wasn't critical. I just don't have a wheel with 50 slots on it. Would you call Over some me? of those other ones? You know it.
5: We got pitching. Mm-hmm. We got starting pitching. Mm-hmm. I think we should do starting pitching bullpen catching Mm -hmm. yeah for sure not catching starting pitching bullpen i have offense offense defense defense Defense. Mm -hmm. managing managing gotcha and front office and base running well i'm just for tonight it won't be the front office it's always the front office but okay okay you ready to spin the wheel marshy
6: i can't see the wheel all
5: right so this is what you got it now all oh, right, we got done. it. Yeah, all
6: right, right. You're all right so, to spin so, the so wheel. What, what's the question again?
5: So this is the thing that will cost the Cardinals tonight. Spin that wheel, Marsh. What do you think? What do you guys think?
6: I'm going bullpen. We should have had one. All oh, the wow. above.
5: Okay, you're looking at another bullpen meltdown. The wheel spun bullpen.
6: I think it's going to be the offense. Ah. <sighs>
4: So what are we looking at, like a seventh inning? Yeah, you're up. No, 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 ninth inning. You're up. Oh, you think it's the ninth? I think.
6: You know, Anthony, the bullpen uh, can be accessed as early as the first inning, too. I
5: I, I understand. Let's hope not. Well, if it's the first inning, then I would still blame the starting pitching, then.
6: No, what if he gets pulled out?
5: Oh, no, that means he's probably injured.
6: Yeah. Why would you even put that in the universe?
5: Yeah, why would you even put that in the universe, man? I
6: really wasn't doing that.
4: You did, though felt like it hey you know what screw the wheel they're gonna win tonight bullpen meltdown
6: marshy stop it. bullpen meltdown tonight hey they they got a sack fly yesterday we're making progress 636 says i'm surprised it didn't spin hockey (laughs) 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 different wheel but yes correct you you win the you win the text of the
5: day (laughs) all right we got the biggest question of the day coming up next i want to win
3: espn to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day.
4: Time for the biggest question of the day. What do you got, Marsh? Yeah, we got a text from Jim earlier today. It seemed like our theme of the day was starting pitching, so. Thought we would get back into the starting pitching before the end of the show. Jim says, guys, the starters have been better as of late. Is your confidence growing in the pitching staff?
5: I agree that the, the pitching has been better. I mean, if you look at the last nine games, we read these to two, two you earlier, not 2.98 ERA. Over that time span, that's third. So you get the third lowest ERA over that time span. 14th in innings with 51 and a third your first in walk rate and first in home run per nine allowed you're 26 in strikeout rate but you're not a strikeout staff i will caution though that the cardinals have faced they have not faced the the heaviest of offenses over that time the rangers certainly fall into the better category there but that 9 games includes the pirates and while they're in first place it's not like they have a juggernaut offense kansas city and cleveland so you faced you face worse offenses the pitching has been better yes but am i more confident no my ah. com- my confidence is kind of if anything it is just it's not it hasn't dropped anymore it's just it's yeah they they've faced worse offenses they pitch well
6: okay so if i'm to actually answer the question Properly, um, my confidence is better. Yes, how can it not be? It was so bad that what I'm seeing recently. How can my confidence not be even just a smidge higher in the in the rotation? Miles Michaelis, give him the ball. I'm fine with what he's doing. Uh, Jack Flaherty, although you know nobody's ready to just. You know, anoint him the number one guy. He's got three out of four good starts here. His last four starts got three pretty good starts, mm-hmm. two that were really good. Uh, Montgomery, little stumble there. Libertor, I guess we'll see tonight. But overall, his ERA is what two point nine? You said Anthony earlier. Libertor, something like that. Uh, I think it's somewhere in that range. Does not matter? It's not seven or eight. So I'm 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 more. How about this, Anthony? I'm more confident in Matthew Libertor than I am Stephen Matz
5: Four point nine one ERA for Matthew Libertor. I believe I was reading off his home numbers, maybe or
6: something. Well, whatever. It was very misleading. But that being (laughs) said, um, you know, overall, I'm more confident. (laughs) I read off something. Jamie didn't. I listened to you. Didn't hear it.
5: (laughs) That the hell out of me. Okay. He's blaming me. Uh, three, he's 3-0 three and with oh, a two four five ERA in five games, including three starts at St. Louis. Oh. So, yeah, that's his home Well, let's home just tell ERA. him
6: he's in St. Louis tonight. All right. Okay? Yeah. And but that's no, for his career. Overall, I'm more confident in what I've seen. Am I, like, confident over like for the rest of the season? Well, no, because the, this is what the, the last nine games is what we've been evaluating here for this pitching staff. Right. Nine games, small samples. But we got to take the small victories, too. That's true. So, yes, I have been more confident with this staff-ish. I feel like
4: (laughs) this team, though, when the offense is clicking, the pitching staff is not all that great. And now we're seeing the pitching staff actually round into form, as we talked about earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. And now the offense, they can't even run the bases.
5: That's correct. Marcy, at least one at least two of those guys could.
6: Marcia, I have a question for you. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Piggybacking on the biggest question of the day. How happy were you to see a sack fly yesterday? Oh, great question.
4: That was huge. You were demand you were demanding it. What are the odds, yeah, though? What are the odds of that, that happened? Yeah. Very, they very low. They must have been listening to the show.
6: You were super passionate about Sacrifice fly. Yeah, and then when I saw that last night, I mean, I was happy for you. Mm-hmm. It was big, you know. I'd rather them, you know, end up it sure uh, was. Mm.
4: Yeah, I'd, ra- I'd rather them, uh, you know, maybe get a few more runs across. But uh they thought know. they
6: had enough. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Edmonds said, "No, we we're fine." He miscalculated.
5: Isn't it wild? You know, yeah, I I wouldn't even blame. I, I blame Gorman, and then Arenado. I wouldn't even blame Edmund for that.
6: I, You know who I blame?
5: Who? Pop Warner. Pop Warner.
6: Well. Uh, but here's my thought. You know what? You're BT right, got... he, you know, Hey, if Tyler O'Neill was running, he would have sent him. No, God. He wouldn't have got that close to Gorman. No. But what I blame Pop Warner for on this one, and I don't know. I wasn't field level. Maybe he was screaming. and Maybe Tommy thought he heard something else. I don't know. But he was literally on the heels of Nolan Gorman, rounding third. So much so that Gorman couldn't, like, he was trying to go so fast, he could, He was almost coming out of his shoes because he could feel Tommy Edmond running up behind him. Stay, stay in motion. Because if Pop Warner is sending Gorman, and you're literally attached to his back pocket, he's probably sending you too. I don't know why Tommy Edmond hit the brakes there. Like if I'm Pop Warner, I'm specifically waving Gorman, and mm-hmm. I'm going, Tommy, you too. Go, Tommy, go. Catch him. Like, get it, like get on his heels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't pass him,
4: though, because then oh, right, don't that pass would him. be something. But that, you
6: could yeah. just shove him head first into home plate. That'd be really, <laughs> really smart. <laughs> that reminds me
4: of uh, a <laughs> like rookie of the year when Henry Roan Gardner actually gets on base. Yes. And he's running like five miles per hour. Uh-huh and they got like the guy behind them, and it. they're running like simultaneously. <laughs> That's what it looked like last night. It
5: reminded me of Major League though, too. Doesn't when they when they get on a winning streak. I think the two runners come around and then one goes to one side and the catcher misses him, and then he tries to go for the yeah. other.
4: Great. Oh, what a great doc that was. Man, they they have so many good ones uh in the past that you know we can really look back and you know take a lot from those documentaries and really no apply them to present day, and mm-hmm. that's really what history is. Really is Marcia. Yeah, so well said.
5: It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Criticisms compliments. Next
3: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We're
2: going I
3: want to hit baseballs. All of my successes depend
0: on me. You're ready to hit. The hits just keep on coming.
1: And his first big league hit is a bullet up the
3: middle. All
5: right, time to do Beat the Streak here in the Fastlane on
4: 101 ESPN. Marsh, update us, kid. Anthony, you are ahead right now with six. That is your current streak. And then we have Bill, who's back for a fourth time. He is three for three. I have two. And unfortunately for Jamie, Wilson Contreras did not get a hit oh last night. No. So he is back to zero. I'm sorry, Jamie. I
6: know. It was a sad moment. Oh, well. Bill, welcome back.
5: Good afternoon, gentlemen. You ready to rock and roll? Absolutely. All right. So... uh, Hmm. Dane Dunning. Matthew Libertor You know what? I'm just gonna go right back to the well. Give me Corey Seeger, please. Give me Corey Seeger to extend my streak to seven. I'm gonna take Corey Seeger off the board. Bill, you're up.
6: I will go with Mr. Seaman.
5: That a boy. Marcus Simeon. Yep.
6: Good pick, Bill. Good pick.
5: Marsh?
4: Um, Marshy, thoughts? You okay, Marsh? Yeah, I'm just thinking. I'm going to go with... <laughs> Nolan Gorman.
6: Are oh, you jerk. What? You know what.
4: That's he, Jamie's favorite player. That's
6: my guy. Yeah, it's I know, but guy. if he
4: hits a home run, then I get the hit, you know?
6: That's true. All right, Um. so we've got right-handed pitcher on the bump. I, I just... I don't... I haven't picked this guy. I don't know if I've picked him all year, to be honest. No, Paul Goldschmidt.
5: You haven't
4: picked Goldie all year?
6: I don't think I have for Beat the streak. Hmm. All right.
4: I mean, that might be the biggest lie.
6: Oh, did I pick him? Oh, you he was the
4: first guy you picked.
6: Yeah, but have I picked him? Okay, have I picked him since? <laughs> yes, the last
4: time you picked him was on... May 19th.
6: Okay, so it's been a while. Yeah, it's been yeah, a while. He did yeah. not get a hit. Yeah, that's why I am not pick sure. him. <laughs> <laughs> All
5: right. All right. Here beat Here's the beat the streak. I've got Corey Seager. Bill's got Marcus Simeon. Marsh has Nolan Gorman. And uh, for the first time this season, we're the third. Jamie's got Paul Goldschmidt. Bill, good luck to you, man. Thank you. Talk to you guys tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. I like the confidence. confidence. I do I like the confidence. If you missed anything from today's show, you can always download the podcast at 101ESPN.com or your 101 ESPN mobile apps all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Spent the majority of the show talking about the Cardinals, including our power hour with Brad Thompson. Talked about the bullpen issues, the Cardinals losing streak, what went wrong in the bases last night. Uh, for the Cardinals. Where's the offense gone? The direction of the roster overall? That was all stuff we covered with BT. Jesse Rogers from ESPN.com joined us to talk about the price of pitching, uh, why the Cardinals, you know, front office had the miscues that they did in the offseason. And uh, again, mostly Cardinals. Jamie also had an excellent take on why the PGA Tour World Tour merged with Live Golf and why it was right now. Don't want to miss that
4: again. It's all at the podcast. March. We got any criticisms or compliments? Yeah, one of our listeners wanted us to uh, bring up, uh, and of course, today is the the seventy year, um, you know, to this day of, of D Day of World War Two when you know the Allied forces stormed the beaches of Normandy and France. Uh, so, just want to bring that up. So, um, of course, that happens every every year on the sixth on the of June.
6: Yeah, first seventy-nine of, years has first been, of it's been all, a long time. Take a minute to thank all of the military people, um, currently and certainly um, anybody who served at that point. Uh, appreciate everything that you do every single day.
5: Uh, and and I, th- I feel like uh, you know most of us, maybe not living anymore, but most of us have some family member or mm-hmm. uh, ancestor that was in world war ii i know my grandfather who passed away he was a paratrooper in world war ii uh jamie i'm sure you have certain uh members of your family that were active military at one point marsh same to you yeah, so great uncle in the marines there you have it so we all have somebody that that fought for our freedoms in this country And as jamie said uh thank you because we can't do this if without you protecting our freedom so again thank you and good call Marsh, to uh, bring up the significance of today.
4: Uh, all right. So, two criticisms and compliments uh, from 636. And to give those that may have not listened to the gauntlet, uh, Anthony, well, you're your number well. got a tiebreaker. You, yeah, you, you, for went sure. To, went to the, uh, the walk-off. Yeah, you had a very nice number that you wrote down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, we get a text from 636. Now, all across St. Louis and the world. That's right. Everyone around the world is listening to the Fastlane from 2 to 6. Central time, of course. Uh, Kids are asking their dads, what does 6'9 mean? And their moms are giving the mom look to the dads. Great job, Anthony. Well, yeah.
5: I mean, I I can clarify for you. It's no problem. Jamie Rivers, of course, was number six. And he wore number six proudly at the Home Run Derby this past Mm -hmm. weekend. And so did. did Dylan. And so did Dylan. Yeah. That's right. My baseball number was nine. Yeah. My, my, I wore it proudly. That's what the other guy I wore. Car Field. Yeah. For sure. So uh, my thought was it's I, had, I, I have, to write, have to write it down. I have to write the number down quickly. I put down 69. Jamie's six, my nine. 69. Yeah.
6: Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest, Anthony. It was a piss poor effort on the tiebreaker <laughs> question. Okay. Ouch. I will not let you sit here and just bamboozle mm-hmm. all of our listeners. Just be better. Thank you. I love you, though.
5: We have instant replay coming up from six to seven. We'll be back tomorrow at two o'clock for Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stoltz. Appreciate all of you listening today.
3: See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.